Go cry to your cat. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Chicken's done every day, people, at churches, Popeyes, and Kentucky Fried Chicken. Chicken's done every day. Ooh, slips it in. Anyone else hard? So hard. Oh my God, yes. Pretty much the answer is yes. Always yes. On a Tuesday, how can you not be? Because you're here. In the Bolioleo. On a beautiful Tuesday, the last Tuesday we've got in this month of July. It is July 26, 2022. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. I'm Dame DeLorean. And you are a bowler. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to the bowl. Welcome back. Whether you're joining us live on the No Agenda stream, or whether you're enjoying us at our own AzuraCast stream, the new Bowl After Bowl stream, which can be found at stream.bowlafterbowl.com. Or thanks to Cotton Gin, you can just get the raw version, go straight to raw, which is really great. If you use something like uh, BLC, you can just plug bowlafterbowl.stream into that. I get you the raw MP3. But I do enjoy the uh, stream.bowlafterbowl.com. It's got a pretty look to it. Yeah, it looks great. Got that little background that Lorian drew. Tells you what's playing. It's all the newness. We switched the stream up a couple weeks ago, and I still see folks trickling in the bowl being like, Ah, oh, my link does not work. Ah, oh, what happened? So that's what happened. It's an update. Yeah, bowlafterbowl.stream if you're the VLC guys. I'll get you there. That'll get you right there. That'll get you right there. Well, welcome right here. Also, you know, if you're listening to this in the futuristic uh, podcast apps down the road, welcome to you as well. It's been a busy day here at the, uh, I don't know what you call this place. It's been busy in the hood, let's say. <laughs> in the hood, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the bowl is, is kind of central. It's down here. It's tucked away. But our busyness extends across the city, man. We did uh, get our deal closed yesterday. On another, uh, helped a seller get a property off, and uh, that f- actually funded yesterday, but dispersed today. So everybody's happy today, because everybody's bank account lit up today. So that's good. Good times there. I also finished one of my uh, swirling to do list projects, which was expanding that chicken run. And uh, you know, we had the run that we got from Orschland. It's like a f- farm store, local chain. And uh, we got uh, we hell of a discount. Some kind of Kansas City shuffle went down on that because we got it at far below what the thing is priced everywhere else. It was like the last one they had, and they had the sign stuck to it. It's like uh, it said uh, two hundred and ninety nine dollars, and then there was fifty dollars off all coops. So two fifty, two fifty for that thing. But then uh, and that's nice. It's got two nesting boxes and. Yeah. A good run. It's in a T shape, so plenty of room. Well, it's got like two coops, but four nesting boxes. Oh, it. sorry, yeah. So each coop has two nesting boxes. And then a run, like a uh, 
the coops are joined with a T, and then the bottom of the T is a further run, and the run extends under those coops too. But I built a chicken tunnel today. I yes. finished building it. I've been building it for a couple weeks now, actually, because I've just been chipping away at it every day. It's been so goddamn hot that I just couldn't sustain. Uh, on Saturday, I was working on it, and I didn't have no breakfast. Just had some cold brew and then a bit of water while I was like halfway through because I just was dying of heat, everything, getting a little dizzy actually. And uh, I managed to get, I don't know, maybe half of the thing wire framed in. And then, uh, yeah, we had a lovely No Agenda meetup on Saturday. Yes, that was awesome. The At Carabas. Sir C. Mike and Dame Blackhammer and uh, Baron John Helmer. And we were joined uh, once again by Kirk out of uh, Mid-Missouri. Yeah, the spook. Kirk the spook. I heard he went to the St. Louis meetup, too. Yeah, he had a meetup on each side of the state. So he was was piping off in uh, two meetup reports on one show. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive stuff. He showed up on his uh, motorcycle. That's fun. Yeah, the kids love that. Yeah, so then today I put that final move on the, uh, the old chicken coop. I got pictures on... (laughs) <laughs> the no agenda socials uh basically added like 400 percent more run room under the deck is pretty big and just a total yeah. waste of space you right. know it's just dirt under there and nothing and bugs and, and some weeds yeah. so it's perfect for chickens plenty of bugs there's not gonna be any weeds left for no, sure no, no. not anymore but the the younger four we gotta get them out of the damn garage they've been in a kiddie yeah. pool you know just waiting well and one was making an escape yeah. We have a like a dog gate set up around the kiddie pool to keep them in, but she was able to jump up to the top of that dang thing. It's like three and a half, four feet tall, and then jump down and then wander around the garage. Yeah, it's no good. Yeah, no good for a chicken. No good at all. But we got them out. We did get them out. Yeah, and there was like uh, you know we let them interact with each other in the yard. Yeah, some neutral of, territory. Plenty of open space. No food things or, you know, anything like that. Just kind of, they're pretty cool. I mean, the older ones are obviously the top of the pecking order because they're older and they're established and they're already starting to lay. We're up to seven eggs on the lifetime total. Yeah. From those four. Four in the past few days. Yep. Which is cool. And uh, the newbies, they are not, you know, going to put up a fight because they, they're... They know they're younger. They know they're smaller. They're you know they're juvenile chickens. It's not like uh, they're in any kind of like imminent danger per se. And there wasn't any crazy fight. It wasn't like a no. It was just posturing. It was mostly posturing, big flapping and stuff. And I was there to kind of the, the chest puffs crack me simmer up, simmer them down. Yeah, lots of chest puffs and wing spreads. You know, just mm-hmm. like uh, I'm the shit. Ba-bonk, ba-bonk. A little pecking, some pecking. Yeah, yeah. but. They would just, the little ones, or they're not little, but the new flock would just walk away mm-hmm. and the big ones wouldn't chase them. So, and now they're all in their, uh, their boxes for the night. They are. Yeah. I usually, when the, uh, up tunes are spinning, that's when I usually do the live stream. I get that live item tag lit. This is a new live son of a bitch. But unfortunately... That was the time that I was uh, running out there to, uh, I, you know, we usually shut the chickens' coop doors around this time because they go into the coop at night to sleep. And the four, the older four, you know, they know the routine or whatever, but the younger four, they don't know what the hell's going on. So I went out there and 
it's like dark. It's too dark. So I'm peeking in the windows of the coops. I don't see them in any of them. So I'm like, ah, oh, shit, even the older ones are somewhere down in there under the deck. So I went in and grabbed a flashlight to help me out. Go under the deck. Only the new four are under there. So I'm like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Where's the old one? Where's the original chickens, man? Where's my hens? And uh, went back to the coop. They like to sleep in the damn nesting boxes, which is a pain in the ass. Uh, not recommended. I'm going to try to figure out a better way. Shoo them out of there or something. Like, they, they have roosting sticks, and sometimes they use them. But sometimes <laughs> they just like to crowd into the nesting boxes with one another. So they were on the... They were on the south side, the they south were all coop. Squished into those nesting boxes. So I had to go under the deck and grab one at a time under my arm the the juveniles. They're still pullets. Grab the pullets, put them in the uh, north coop through the front door of the coop there, one at a time. Like, hey, this is where you got to go when it gets dark, when it's night, you know, go in here. So we had to do that with the first four to also. The first night that they were out there, we had to like jam them up in the coop. Like, hey, stupid, this is where you go at night. But Second night they had it down. Yeah, that's the only time we had to do it was the first time. So hopefully it's the same way with the uh, juveniles. And then our plan in the morning is just to open those coops. The doors like face each other. And the ramps go down to the doors and kind of meet right there in the center. So the hope is to just kind of open both of the doors at the same time and just let shit happen. See what happens and... Uh, we'll see if things are a little cooler or what, what's going down, but, uh, yeah, chicken report. They're very happy and I'm very happy to have them out of my garage. Yeah, seriously. Reclaim my garage space. There was a lot of real estate they were taking up no in doubt. that kiddie pool. Yeah. But now they got, oh, take the kiddie pool, man. This has got like 10 times the kiddie pool out there. Maybe more than that. It's a big space under the deck. Yeah. Big old deck. <laughs> big old deck. Uh, shout out and thank you to Booberry for sending me explicit instructions. Uh, Servo and Booberry had both assured me that it was very easy to customize your uh, helipad pew sound. And uh, I believe them, but I just never really, you know what I mean, I poke around in it or whatever. I hadn't looked in any directories or file. Like, I hadn't looked through the files in helipad. And uh, Boobs, he was kind enough to just explicitly send me instructions. Over there on the uh, podcastindex.social. And it is. It's pretty easy. You know, once you're in your node, you uh, basically change the ownership to uh, admin of that pew.mp3 file. And then you uh, SFTP to get your new mp3 file over there. You save it as pew.mp3 so that you don't have to change any logic. You just overwrite the existing pew.mp3 with a new pew.mp3. And then you uh, use system control to restart helipad, and then you hit refresh. That's it. Simple as. Then you got a new boostergram sound. Fucking easy. Yeah, so we got a new boostergram sound, and uh, that is much appreciated. Thank you, Boobery. And uh, Servo was right. It was fucking easy. Nice. It was easy. I did that uh, down here pre-show. As soon as I, as soon as he sent me the text, and I like read through like what the steps were, I was like, oh yeah. It's just kind of a matter of knowing where that file is. And then you just change it. That's all. You just change it and then refresh everything. Bada bing, bada boom. See, that was about fucking time. About fucking time. <laughs> Look at me, I'm knocking out some to-do list shit, some dream shit that I've uh, been wanting for a while. Working on some other stuff, too. I'm, I'm excited. Things are actually going great. I can taste it now. I'm not like woobity-boo, mopity-mope, you know, like, oh, this shit on my to-do list. I'm like, 
oh, look at it. I checked that off. I checked that off. I'm working on this. Working on that. Got some things. Got some things in the lab. You know, oh, got on. some things. Cool. Mixing up the medicine. Uh, it's exciting. That's uh, it's good stuff. Good stuff. You know what else is good stuff? It's what? a big day today. An important day. Is it? It's our Bud Phoenix's birthday. Ah, yes. So happy birthday, Phoenix. Happy birthday. Happy damn birthday. We need like a cool birthday jingle. I know, yeah. Some good birthday bowl karma. I'm gonna figure out something. Add it to the to-do list. <laughs> okay. I know you just checked off like three things, but yeah. here's one for you. I'm just a That's me dreaming about a uh, birthday jingle. There you go. I, yes. I also want to say... Happy birthday. Also, congratulations. Yes. On the receipt of that uh, beautiful promise ring, which we'll read a little bit about later, but uh, cheers, you lovebirds, yeah. you. You guys. Goodness gracious. Goodness gracious, great balls well, of fire. And Man, this weekend was like a blur. We had the No Agenda meetup, and then Sunday we went live after No Agenda Indeed. on the No Agenda stream. With our bud, Kyron Down. That's right. Yeah, the latest bowls with buds is Kyron. And uh, we got him rocking a fountain wallet split. So, um, you know, if if you are a non-noted podcaster, uh, just haven't got around to building a node yet, don't really feel like it, don't really want to, think it's uh, over your head, which I promise it's it's doable. But if, you know, if you're node-averse or nodeless, even if it's temporary... Uh, you can get a fountain wallet, the podcaster wallet there. If you have a show claimed on fountain and that's how you're kind of running your value split, we can uh, give you a guest split with that same thing. Uh, you'll just have to, so uh, Kyron got into contact with Oscar to get the actual values there, the uh, custom key and the custom value that I need to provide for the split. So now we've had people do a satoshis.stream split, uh, I think we had one work and one not work so much. And then uh, mm. we've had a fountain, which has worked. So, yeah. Moral of the story, you want a node. Yeah. Makes it easy and it uh, always works. See, that's it working right now. That's that new boost sound. That's right. That's a boost coming through. Keeping them coming. Keeping them coming. Yes. No, you're right, though. It, it has been a crazy blur. That was a great show, though, talking to Kyron and... Uh, Getting to know some Aussie slang and uh, a little bit about the weed laws and other laws over there, the differences, and uh, kind of discovered not that different. Oh. I think he's from, like, the here of there, basically. <laughs> yeah, that was the general feel. <laughs> Plus, the Bolettes are excited to learn he lives where Bluey lives. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, who knew Brisbane was the uh, place Bluey lived? So now, Australia gets a longer cut of Bluey. They have fuller, ep- like, there's shit that gets cut out and it's shortened for the, for the I don't know if it's the U.S. audience or the global audience, like the non-Australian audience. Either way, they probably have a lot more local flair, I would imagine, in the uh, Australia version, including the fact that they live in Brisbane, you know? Yeah, it would make sense. I forgot to ask him if Hammer Barn is a real place. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I want to, uh, I want to get the full versions of Bluey now. Oh, yeah. Well... I was, uh, I'm thankful that, you know, I've got some, uh, interweb skills and was able to find the third season, which has never been released over yes. here. Yes. You were. You did. Fuck Disney. 
Sons of bitches, dude. Yeah. I think they there's like a censorship issue going on where they want the creator to cut some things out. And he's just like, no, take it or leave it. It's a great show. It's wholesome. It's, uh, it's one that adults can enjoy, too. It's for kids of all ages. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it. Good way to put it. Well, it's probably time to thank some people. I love thanking people. Thank the bowlers yeah. to put who put this show on. Some people, the bowlers, the folks who produce this podcast. That's right. We are a value for value podcast, and uh, really, it just always comes back to the first rule. First rule of being a smoker is it's bad manners to keep bumming all the damn time. We put this out free of cost on the initial uh, handoff. You know, we just put it. We try to put value into the show. And we give it to you. No yeah. paywalls. No weird ad reads. No nothing that we have to talk about. We just kind of put together the show. And, you know, we found our format organically over the last couple of years going live. And uh, as we revived the show, you know, it, it has evolved and changed. And we just put it together uh, striking and striking <laughs> over and over strike again. Strike after strike, bowl after bowl. That's right. We build it one piece at a time for you bowlers. And so that just keeps us uh, organic, keeps us real. We just ask, you know, if this show gives you any value, uh, whatever it may be, figure that out. Put a number on it. What is it? Send it back. And there's many ways to do that. You could send back a clip. You could do like Boobery did and send back some beautiful artwork for our beautiful Ouija episode here. Uh, we have a Ouija topic later on. Yes. Thank you, Boobery. Booberry the this moth man. Art is awesome. Actually, it's uh Zosobi Booberry, Freak of Hazard, Mothman and the Mini Ocalypse, and the Horror of Yig. We want to get real technical. We always want to get real technical here in the bowl. And uh yeah, we appreciate all that kind of uh time and talent in addition to the treasure, because it all helps keep the show interesting and fresh. And uh it's a way to give back. You know, it's not just money all the damn time. It's uh, a big, larger community, you know? I mean, uh, we've had bowlers crash with us before. We've had bowlers, you know, send us stuff in the mail. We've had all kinds of different wild stuff. So it's it's this beautiful community that has formed organically over time. And that's how it stays pure and clean. It's value for value. Yeah. There's no strings attached. There's nobody coming to uh, send you to fucking court. For no. <laughs> playing the thing wrong or, you know, chopping it up and smashing it out. None of that bull crap. None of that bull crap. And it's not exclusive on any stupid platform. You can get the raw MP3 from anywhere in the world just with an internet connection. That's what we like. We like it open. Yeah. And uh, these bowlers like it open, too, because they've been supporting us. You can hear that strike rolling in uh, real strong. I want to go back in time, though. While you do that, I should say, if you want to... Send a boostagram and hear the pins get knocked down on the lanes. Uh, you can just take all your clothes off and go to nudepodcastapps.com. Get yourself a value-enabled podcast app. That's right. All of the cool kids are doing it. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's great fun. Interaction. It's a real-time real -time instant value transfer with no middleman. It goes straight to our nodes. Our nodes are running right over there. I'm looking at them right now. Yeah. BYOB. So you're shooting little pieces of Bitcoin right into our nodes over there. It's pretty fascinating. And um, it's, it's radically transformed the way we live. And um, we highly recommend it. 
to anybody, not just podcasters, but really anybody Everyone. producing digital content. Be uh, your own bank. You got to do it. It's great. Even people with an e-store, it's, it's perfect to have a, a node and accept this. Uh, we're going to start where it left off uh, the Fade Out of Chiron show. Uh, 3333 from Net Ned out of Fountain. Woo! Thanks, Net Ned. And he said, I do have sats to give, though. <laughs> Thank you for your sats and your courage. Uh, C Dubs with a 10101. Oh, out yeah. Of his baby Boo CLI. And uh, he says, Type equals node. It works now. So originally, there's a type <laughs> attribute that you pass into the value split. Uh, when you're hand hacking the. Well, in any case, you know, in any case. And they all say type equals node. And I thought, like, some fucking dumbass that, uh, oh, I'll put type equals fountain wallet since it's not, like, a node, you know, directly. I mean, the thing is, it still does send to a node. It sends to fountain's node. Yeah. And uh, then those then those records are entered in the TLV, and that's how fountain knows to give that boost to Chiron. Right? There's a uh, custom key and a custom value that line up. And they throw it into the, uh, but yeah, yeah, don't change attributes. And there's no, um, there's no list of like accepted or wanted attributes either for that type. So, I don't know. If it's like, if, it, if they're all equals node, then why the fuck even have it? Right. Is my question, but anyway. But you, you fixed it like mid-show, right? I did, mid-show, <laughs> put it back to type equals node, yeah. Good because, work. uh, you know, there's a couple apps out there that, uh, don't know what the hell type equal i mean no app knows what the hell that type equals fountain wallet means yeah but there's a couple of apps that uh will break if they don't see no type equals node so there you have it uh 333 from servo who says pew that's back when we had the pews and uh he's boosting that bowls with buds chiron down episode by the way if you're boosting that a third of those sats go all the way down under to Chiron through Fountain. Forever. Forever and ever. That's, that's so that's cool. permanent royalties on the Chiron episode going to him, which is cool. 5,000 sats from Chad Farrow. All right. Out of Fountain. He was listening to that Chiron episode as well. And then Paytar came through with a big 50K sats. Whoa. Thanks, wow. Paytar. I am really high. 50,000 out of Fountain from Paytar who said, quote, never had a cup of coffee in my life. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's wild. That was uh, one of the facts about himself Kyron dropped on that episode. Hard to imagine, hard to believe, but it's true. Cotton Gin was warming us up with uh, 3776. And there's another one coming in, baby. But yes, 3776 on that live tag through CurioCaster. And then uh, he came right back in right after that with a 3333. And he said, bunch of boosters in here. Bunch of boosters. Yeah, a bunch of boosters, kid. Thanks, Cotton Gin. Appreciate ya. Uh, 3333 again. This time from Booey Steed, also known as Boosty Steed out of Fountain. Uh, she said, loving the music. I'm glad that you enjoy the, the little pre-stream warm-up. And thank you, Booey Steed. 10,000 sats from Phoenix. Woo! Whose tongue typically is drunk. The tongue is drunk. She's sending 10K in from Fountain saying, Phone Boy put a promise ring on it for my birthday. Hey, oh, heck yeah. So happy birthday again. And also, uh, she posted a picture of the beautiful promise ring there in the bowl chat. If you're not in the bowl chat, there's a Kiwi link at bowlafterbowl.com. If you click on listen live, you can get there. We're in that IRC uh, 
zeronode.irc. That's irc.zeronode.net. Excuse me. Yeah, and pound bowl after bowl. Pound it real good. Uh, 3333 from Servo, who said Ooh. helipad sound, and then came right back with it again. Helipad sound, 3333. Because uh, he wanted to jiggle the handle and get the tag he was boosting correct. You always got to boost the right tag, you know? You don't want to look like you don't know what you're doing. So I love that. Appreciate that. He's always running right at the front of the scissor line. All the sharp stuff. Uh, we got a 6969 69 here. 69, dude! It's coming from, Boo, uh, from Phone Boy uh, out of Fountain, who says, Happy birthday, my love, Phoenix, I promise. Aw. What a sweetie, what a sweetie. And thanks, Phone Boy. A couple, uh, couple of love boys over there. 2400 sats from N4VX. All right, thanks, N4VX. Find him at noagendasocial.com. N4VX. In the bowling stuff, he says. Hell yeah. And the bowl to you. Coming out of CurioCaster on that live. Also out of CurioCaster, 4269 from Harv Hat, his typical intro boost. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, another 6969. 69, 69, dude! This one is from Boobery, uh, who sends us the image there. The album art that we are going for today. So he designed this bad boy here, the bowl after bowl Ouija. It's awesome. It always tells Epic. you yes. Fucking excellent. So thank you, sir. We yes. really appreciate that. Thank you, boobs. Appreciate you, boobs. Uh, 333. Coming out of CurioCaster again from N4VX. He says, boost that split. Oh, yeah. It has been boosted. There's a two grand coming out of Fountain from Rev Cyber Trucker. All right. Thanks, Rev. Rev says, happy birthday, Phoenix. Wishing the best birthday over there for the Phoenix. 1111 from Harv Hat out of CuroCaster. He says, bowling pins, hey oh. Yeah. Got a long one here. I love doing the, I just chopped the short version out. That was your suggestion. I yep. think it was a very good one. Uh, that's a great boost. Uh, give me a strike. Great strike boost. For noise. every boost. 9999 out of CuroCaster. This is from Booberry as well. Stellar. Oh, hell yeah. Mm, sex noise, sex noise, sex noise. <laughs> oh, shit, yes. Gotta love it. All right. Oh, oh. Uh, 4,200 sats from Lavish. Oh, thank you, Lavish. Coming out of Fountain. He says, Steve Reich. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. 420 from Phoenix. Followed by another 420 right after that from Phoenix, both out of Fountain. She said, smoke them if you packed them. Oh, yeah. We like to spark one up around here. Spark one up. And then 69696. Woo! From Fountain. Hey, that is a... 6969, 69, dudes! That is a 6069, I would say. Giving you crazy kids the gift on my birthday. Love y'all. Oh, you're so sweet. Phoenix. We love you, Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, happy Tuesday birthday. That's the best day for birthdays yeah. right here. Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Thank you. Thank you so much, everybody. And uh, thanks to the live listeners for hanging in there for some technical difficulties. You always got to love when life throws you a curveball. I had to deal with this last night, too. Oh. And it all started with a, I know, everyone's going to jump up my ass but started with an automatic update from zoom mm. which i thought that i had disabled but zoom doesn't give a fuck what you think you know it just does what it wants to do and uh so whatever 
it wrecked my sound and it would happen when I would share screen, which is kind of vital, you know, when you're teaching Yeah. to be able to share your screen. Um, yeah, it would just go dead and then I'd get like a red exclamation point. Your microphone is not working. Mm. Oh, that's great. So the sound driver itself, uh, mo2proaudio.sys, it's the name of the uh, file that runs. And uh, it was borking hard. So I tried a Zoom reinstall. I tried a rollback of version. I tried to reinstall uh, all of the Motu drivers. All of that just made it worse. Started giving me the blue sad face of death. And uh, Oh, boy. Yeah, the, the whole thing just like force rebooted on me maybe four or five times last night. As I'm trying to, you know, get ready to do this stupid online class thing yeah yeah not that it's stupid more like i'm stupid but uh regardless man was telling me uh driver irql not less or equal was the air code i'm getting Uh. oh boy pains 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 in the mains veins so yeah who knows this might be a little trickle over uh i'm i'm rocking a motu ultralight mark four you know was was which was once the creme de la creme the podfather's chosen audio interface now he's rocking the uh new roadcaster thing and i'm looking at this thing thinking man maybe it's an old horse maybe like what's going on motu why are you like wrecking my life here mark of the unicorn man supposed to be uh, helping me out so i don't know i don't know need to do further troubleshooting obviously on that yeah and uh i hope something can be done because i do really love this machine i love this uh piece of equipment yeah it's got a Everything I need, I finally learned how to use the damn thing, like, really well. Uh, only apparently not, <laughs> because it just wants to uh, shit the bed on me mm. and destroy my uh, entire experience. So thanks, Motu. Thanks, Motu. I'm still rooting for you, despite you uh, kicking me in the nuts. Yeah. Well, serious thanks to all the bowlers that contribute value, bowl after bowl. And... um if you're not interested in sending boosts or fiat fun coupons, there's other ways, like Boob sent the art. Producers have sent us ISOs. And uh, the easiest one is to simply pass the bowl to a friend you think might enjoy it. That's a right. fellow bowler. And, of course, every week we have a first time I ever topic. And this week, it's the first time I ever fucked around with a Ouija board. So if you want to tell us about your experience fucking around with a Ouija board, all you gotta do is pick up your phone and call 816-607-3663 and the play of voice will Yeah, that's right. We'll play it. We won't screen it. We'll just play it. And if you uh, have no reception or your voice shy, you can always text that number. That's right. Thumbs are valid. 816-607-3663. Uh, takes pics, too. That's right. So you can shoot a pic of your Ouija board. Yeah. Or but, anything uh, else you want to show us. Take a look. We can take a look. You know what I took a look at? What? Took a look at some... Arting, arting, cooking, shifting. Oh, yes. Always wanting to build a node. Building nodes. 
opening channels, getting them all balanced, helping people out. That's the name of the game. That's what we love to do here. That's what the cocaine shit stain's all about. And we are actually on uh, Ring of Fire number nine. It's kind of wild. Number nine? That's uh, nine times six would be 54 channels. Wow. That uh, we've helped usher in to the Lightning Network over uh, over the course of time here. So I'm always happy to organize Rings of Fire if you're interested in uh, adding some liquidity to your node. A Ring of Fire is simply a channel opening strategy. Everybody opens in a circle. And uh, long story short, if you open a channel for one million in a Ring of Fire, you will end up with two channels with one million sat capacity, and they'll both be perfectly balanced to start you off. So it's a really great way to build uh, liquidity in your node, build capacity on your node, because you're getting two for the price of one. Ever since I learned how to do Rings of Fire, uh, I almost never open channels now without some sort of a ring. So uh, Spencer at BullAfterBull.com is what you want to email if you're interested in getting in on one. We're opening one right now with a uh, one million sat capacity, and uh, we've got five channels of six opened. Six one, we're just working on uh, working on troubleshooting with a uh, newer node, getting the sats in the correct spot. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the whole joke of on-chain, off-chain cocaine shit stain and kind of the difference between on-chain and off-chain and uh, why it sort of became the jingle. And this is sort of the lingo that we use in the Lightning Network. So Bitcoin runs on the blockchain. That's how it works. Every, an average of every 10 minutes, a block is solved and added to this long chain. It's the entire history of every transaction that's ever happened in the Bitcoin Network. So that's what we call an on-chain payment. It's a layer one. Think of it as an old-school Bitcoin payment. Um, you pay a fee for it to happen. Typically, this fee is... Uh, around 200 sats or so at the lowest. Right now we're in a low fee environment. Uh, if there's high demand for transactions on the blockchain, then the, fee, the fees go up dynamically. People will pay more money to get into the next block rather than wait around for miners to solve a block and put their transaction in the block and validate it, confirm it. So layer two, the off-chain part, is the big solution. And uh, I believe what is really driving Bitcoin adoption and uh, what will make hyper-Bitcoinization possible. It's the Lightning Network. You basically take these Bitcoin, you make an on-chain uh, on transaction, and uh, you do it with another node in the Lightning Network. So it's a two-party uh, multi-sig contract. You lock up a certain amount of sats in a channel, that on-chain transaction then becomes an off-chain channel. I always like to think of it sort of like opening up a bar tab or something like that. But the channels you can visualize as an abacus. If you have a bar going to the other node, then you have one side, and then you put your sats on that bar like beads on an abacus. If I'm opening up a channel of one million sats from my node to Lorian's node, all the sats are on my side by default, and then I open that channel, and then I can push those sats to Lorian's node, and she can then send them sats to other channels she has to any other node on the Lightning Network. So this is how Lightning works. It's off-chain. It doesn't need to wait for a miner to solve a block. It doesn't need that average 10-minute wait time. They solve instantly, because we can just shoot those beads across, just like an abacus, and everybody's holding 
and Abacus to everybody else. It's like a big old spidery network web. That's the that's the basics of it. So if you want to open a channel, of course you have to send an old school transaction, the layer one uh, Bitcoin transaction to your node. And usually what I run my node through is Thunderhub. I use it a lot for, for interfacing with my node. And Thunderhub in the display will show you a on-chain balance and an off-chain balance. The on-chain has a little anchor next to it, and the off-chain has a lightning bolt. So your on-chain balance, that's what you potentially could open up a channel with, whatever that balance is. And the off-chain, that's all your lightning channels that are currently open, that uh, total of the local balances of all of them. So that's the maximum potential of Bitcoin you have that is available to send on the lightning network. You could close any one of those channels, and then after a uh, transaction fee, those sats would be sent to your on-chain address. And that's the whole shit stain. That's the whole magic of the sauce. So if you're participating and you're opening up channels for the first time newly uh, on your node, you're going to want to send Bitcoin to that node on-chain. And say your target is a million, you're going to need a little extra buffer or cushion to send out to to cover uh, on-chain fees and in high environments, um, L&D wants to have a, a little bit extra in case a fee bump is needed. What if you send for one sat per virtual byte and the fee, the fee environment is so high that that transaction will never complete? Well, then there's a way to actually bump that fee to keep that channel from failing and make sure that it opens. It doesn't stay in limbo forever. So you want about like 1.1 million sats to open a million sat channel. You probably don't need all of that, but that's a good recommended benchmark. And that's the whole uh, that's the whole deal that we're going through right now. So building the chain, it's just it sounds like a bunch of uh, word vomit until you really get in there. You get in the car and you drive, and then it starts to make sense. You open your first channel and you go, okay, so these sats are here. I can send them there. Uh, I also recommend people use multiple wallets. And uh, if you're listening to podcasts and a fan of podcasts, there's several podcast apps that you can just use the Lightning Wallet implementations in those. Send sets back and forth from your node to the wallet, from that wallet to, you know, from Fountain of Breeze, send it over to CurioCaster. Um, get some experience in. The Lightning part of it is sweet because you're not paying those huge transaction fees. So just for little tiny amounts of sats, you can zip payments instantly back and forth that's what we recommend in the uh other news of my note i put a channel up for sale on magma for the first time oh, how'd that go just trying it out no bites yet you know there's a there's a lot of fish in that pool but i don't know i just gave it a shot you know i was like fuck it whatever i've got a little bit of uh available liquidity so i just wanted to try it out and see what happened you know sure so you know no takers yet but i thought i'd give it a shot yeah it was pretty easy to do just to like put up there. So yeah, if any, if there's any takers, um, there is a telegram notification that comes through, which I know irritates some people. Um, there's a, there's a lot of different services that rely on telegram as a, you know, where their bot lives or how to uh, relay the information, which, you know, I'm kind of neutral on. I can see both sides. I can see how it's easy to use through Telegram. I can see how you wouldn't want to do that. Hmm. It's like uh, it's like the current environment we're in, you know? What can you do? Uh, my favorite story, though, you shared 
with me earlier today, and yes. I had to have a laugh. Uh, a decentralized, so they say, uh, blockchain music company. Interesting, interesting. Audius. Which I had not heard of. Which I had also not heard of, <laughs> which is kind of weird. I'm like, I'm, I always look around for stuff like this, you know, because, um, you know, with Abel and the Wolf and then um, working on, a, you know, building out a, an API for the DMU environment that we want to create. Decentralized music, only like for real, like actually decentralized. Um, I just didn't uh, didn't see this one on my radar. And I didn't see it coming, but yeah, this this company called Audius got absolutely wrecked uh, to the tune of six million dollars. I guess that uh, you know they they claim to be decentralized, but for some reason there was a centralized community vault. Of uh, what is it, like eighteen million of these? Uh, they call them audio tokens, yeah. all capitalized. <laughs> so uh, somebody got in there and stole all of them. Yeah, eighteen and a half million audio tokens held by the so-called community treasury. So uh, basically, Audius did a postmortem and released the report, and uh, basically, a hacker exploited a bug in the contract initialization code. Let them uh, just call a bunch of functions, initialization functions, and then they sent a bunch of uh, tokens out of the system, out of this community wallet, this decentralized central point of failure they have, uh, into their own wallet. says the actor attempted to execute four governance proposals, three of which failed and one passed. So he passed on their shitcoin a governance proposal, for Christ's sakes. Uh, no new tokens were minted, they said, and the incident had no impact on the circulation of token supply, thank goodness. We wouldn't want audio to get totally wrecked, this shitcoin. Uh, all remaining user funds are now safe, according to the platform. Uh, by late Sunday, the audio token was fully functional again. Here's another interesting thing. Because when they saw this go down, they jumped up on their Superman suits to the rescue and they shut several services down. So this is another thing about the crypt you know, the decentralized cryptocurrency is there's a team of devs who can like turn everything off uh, while they're panicking and fix things in the background and then turn it back on, which is lovely. Uh, so all of this just to say like this exactly is why we want to build on the Lightning Network and we want to take our time and go slow like turtles. Uh, it's, it's kind of the opposite in my uh, mind of the typical dev thing of like move fast, break shit. And, you know, while we do run with scissors, no doubt about that, um, we also want to make sure that things are, like, secure. We want to make sure that uh, we're building on proven protocols and not on some weird coin that's centrally governed. And when we're making this environment, uh, just like the podcasting 2.0 environment, this ecosystem where we can send these micropayments, it's peer-to-peer. It's coming from your wallet out there directly to our nodes over here. So there's no big pool somewhere where I'm waiting every 30 days to get paid out or whatever the fuck kind of scheme they're running. I don't have any idea. It's a proof-of-stake coin, right? So there's staking involved too. So you like earn an APY just by locking it up somewhere else and it's growing on itself, growing on itself. Ooh, ooh, I like proof-of-stake. Yeah, people like proof-of-stake. People like proof-of-stake until you get burned on something like this, right? Right. Yeah, it sounded silly to me. Like, 
artists upload music, get your tokens for uploading your music. And then if you listen to the music, you get tokens to listen to more music. Yeah, it's just like but the tokens are spilling around everywhere, but they're, you know, they're worth like, I guess, it seems like about 33 cents oh, by the math. Oh, boy. If they sold 6 million bucks and 18 million coins went missing. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Checks out. That's fun. But yeah, no, this is why we want to build on this layer, because, you know, there's there's no, there really is no middleman or centralized process. And people like to run around using the buzzwords without any proof. Like, I don't know. It's wild. Like, even in the article, it's like, uh, they describe it as a decentralized streaming platform hosted on the Ethereum blockchain. And uh, there's just like, well, then where was this big central vault of, of tokens all about? <laughs> you yeah. Know? This doesn't seem very centralized. Uh, it doesn't seem very decentralized, I should say. But hey, hey, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Not use services like that, that's for sure. Yeah. Not invest in shit coins. <laughs> I would like to avoid them. Yeah, me too. And that's your uh, hard-learned lesson for the shit stain. You know, Connor Brown, uh, a little over a couple years ago, he wrote about, um, he had this right of a quick defense of moving slow and not breaking things. And I really like it. It's like, it's how Bitcoin was designed. Basically, when it was launched, Satoshi, Satoshi had said, like, once the layer one, like, Genesis block was mined, most of the protocols were set in stone for life. They'd be, like, immutable. Just because of how, just because of what you need in order to change it. You need this massive consensus. And, uh, you know, most people that run nodes or um, most people that mine, uh, they, wa they want to stay true to the original vision. And everyone is incentivized to stay true to that. So any kind of hostile takeover, while maybe it would have been possible but still a pipe dream in the early days of Bitcoin, it's like just, it was too massive now. Yeah. It's too many players. It is too, dare I say, decentralized. And that's why we love it. That's why we love it. Love it too, man. Give it a shot. You'd love it. You'd yeah. Love it. A node for every podcaster. That's right. Really, a node for every person. Uh, Phoenix and Phoneboy both are setting up nodes. I know that yeah. uh, Phoneboy got his launched and running. And cool. I think he's working on getting one for Phoenix as well. Or He might have come uh, a little farther on that. So We'll have to get him in a ring of fire. Yes, yes, soon. You've really got the ring of fire uh, email, like the intro email, down to a science. Yeah, I just keep on, good. I keep on improving it every time it goes out. So now it's like... Because I just, it's nice to uh, get in front of questions before they happen, you know? And there's so many technical terms that I just kind of do a walkthrough with screenshots of what's going on and how to do everything. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there might even be something to be said about explaining the difference between off-chain and on-chain and those things, you know? Cause we yeah, had definitely. That, we had that come up as kind of a question or a point of confusion, so... um yeah, I'm always trying to improve those things. Yeah. I want it to be absolutely first-time user foolproof, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's that's my aim. I don't know if I quite pull it off, but that's that's where we're going. <laughs> we're <laughs> getting closer. Bit by bit. That's right. Yeah. Well, magic number is clearly around, par usual, with that uh, almost 33-cent shitcoin and... Yep. Whatnot, but I saw a story this week. Uh, Spotsylvania, Virginia deputy shot a man armed with a 33-inch sword. 
Whoa. Yeah. Uh, 27-year-old dude. He's in stable condition. Uh, <laughs> hurt and in trouble. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they were responding to a domestic disturbance call um, from the parents of this guy who said their son was armed with a weapon and was making death threats. So they got to the house and... He was out back with the family and started running towards him. So a deputy started running back there, and then he turns around with his Spartan warrior-style sword, as they describe it, to attack the deputy. And uh, he didn't take no shit, you know. He uh, fired some shots, <laughs> and you know, knocked. You know, the guy couldn't uh, use a sword anymore. So never bring a sword <laughs> to a cop gunfight. Yeah. So deputy rendered first aid and. They had a helicopter take him to a trauma center for medical treatment. Did he um, think he could like smack the bullets away with the sword as they came or what? Um, like you gotta wonder. I, my guess is that he was not thinking. Yeah. You know, that's uh that's all I can imagine for that situation. Like you're just motivated by rage or some sort of emotion. You've gone berserk. Berserker. <laughs> yeah, and you got this this Spartan style sword. It's all taped up. It's crazy looking. It's a big sword. Um, but now that deputy has to be on administrative leave because they got to investigate the situation since yeah. he shot a guy. It's a lot of paperwork when you shoot a guy. But man, I mean, some guy's running at you with a sword. Yeah, I think that's your choice, right? Like, that's what you do as a cop. Yeah, it seems reasonable to shoot a guy running at you with a sword. <laughs> Yeah. I would, and I'm not a cop, but like I would, yeah, yeah. fucking a, <laughs> yeah. Somebody runs at me, somebody runs at me with a 33 inch sword. They're getting shot for sure. Uh, the Idaho Lottery is celebrating 33 years of games. Hot damn! Yeah, big potato drawing in the works, or yeah, they've got a big, uh, big lotto number coming up. You know, I don't remember what it was, but. They talked about in their little press release here all the money they've given to schools. You know, thanks for giving us your money so we can turn around and give it to the schools because they don't get enough of your money already. They get the lotto money slice. I have a clip of the schools. Yeah, I like money though. Oh, yeah, that's every school. <laughs> uh, and finally, a 33 year old man was bit by a shark Ouch. on a beach in Daytona. That sucks. Yeah, it only got his right foot. Uh, it, it not off or anything, you know, just a yeah, bite. Just and a... so he's good. He's going to be fine. It's not life-threatening. But that sucks to get bit by a shark, especially mm-hmm. at the age of 33, because now you made the headline we all want to see. <laughs> right. I'm so nervous oh. for the next year. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. 33, it's like it's weird a... shit goes down, man. <laughs> People are worried about the 27 Club. No, once I turn 33, I'm going to stay the fuck out of the news all year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's it. That's all you can do. Yeah. Stay out of the news. Exactly. I will not be your headline. No way. Um. Well, of course, you know, those are fun stories, but the magic number tends to pop up with the narrative that's being pushed and such. And right now we're in this weird obsession with illnesses. Yeah. Yeah. So this week, I saw that U.S. monkeypox cases jumped 33% in three days. Oh, boy. But there's a but on this headline after a big old dash. Uh Uh-oh. An M-dash. But risk is low for most travelers, health experts say. Mm. So come spend your money in the United States still, or leave the United States with one of our airlines. uh, 
the whole men having sex with men thing, right? Well, that's what I was hearing. Men who have sex with men. That's like the meme phrase. Yeah. Men who have sex with men. I just don't understand why the, uh, the monkeys come into it. Hey, yeah, man. Monkey pox, I thought Search you'd have me. to have sex with a primate. Search me, man. <laughs> I don't How the fuck do I know? Yeah, I don't know. I just love if you do like reverse image searches on some of the pictures they've used for symptoms of monkeypox, and it comes up to like CDC for smallpox or other things. Um, shingles, that was one, a shingles picture, allegedly. I mean, who knows on any of this stuff. But uh, I don't know anyone that has monkeypox. Uh, I can say that, certainly. Um, but 33 new cases of the COOF in oh, Maine boy. this week. <coughs> People are still coofing, and not just from smoking pot. That's too bad. They're coofing, and then they're telling on themselves. (laughs) Exactly. Is they the police? Uh, We'll never know. But it's the it's the narking on yourself. I just will never understand. You know. Oh, I got a cough. I should probably take a test. Yeah. I guess a lot of people probably do it to get out of work. Oh, mom, we're going to take the test, And I can't come to the office for two weeks. But still. Fuck your tests. They're like 13 bucks. I see them every once in a while when I'm out shopping. Yeah, but I'm like, people buy this shit? Just to see if yes or no, am I allowed to do stuff? Yeah, and we know it's skewed to the yes. I don't need a fucking test or any money to understand that yes, I'm allowed to do stuff. New variant. Symptoms include sniffling, scratchy throat. Hmm. Sounds like my allergies. <laughs> Fucking silly. There's grass pollen. It was pretty high this week. And uh, yeah, I had a little scratch in my throat. But you know what I did? Ate some honey. Yeah. And my throat feels much better. And that's all. I left my contacts out a couple of days. Took some uh, allergy eye drops. <laughs> yeah. Remember the common cold? Remember the cold? Yeah, Sometimes you get, you get sick as a kid and you just stay in bed and eat soup. Yeah. I remember that. My kids only know that, so. <laughs> uh, there were 33 coof deaths, though, in Los Angeles County. Well, she's dead. And we know, uh, you know, they can get a lot more money for their hospital system if the death was a coof death. Uh, in Malaysia, coof cases rose by 33%. And then, like, almost uh, the same headline running in a different place... Coof infections rose by 33% in the past week, health authorities say, in the Philippines. Oh, boy. Um, And then I saw a story making the rounds this morning. Um, Heartbroken family waits for answers after Sydney man, 33, found dead after being treated for tooth infection. No, they didn't say if he was vaccinated. They just said that his dentist gave him antibiotics and Panadol, which is... Tylenol, I guess. Hmm. Um, and he was booked to have the tooth removed a week later, but uh, he didn't show up for work on Monday, so his mates went to his house and found him on the kitchen floor, uh, and apparently he had died two days earlier. Bloody hell. So they say there's... Uh, no, he didn't overdose. There's no foul play uh, that they are sniffing out, but yeah, another 33-year-old dead. Makes national or international headlines. Wild. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. You did uh, sense a big uh, coof bubble pop up. Yeah. Because it's been pretty dead for a while on that on that front. Yeah, it has. It was uh, phasing out. It was just India. 
And this week, no stories from India, but everyone else is starting to cough again. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't trust it. Yeah. I just go behind the curtain if I want to cough yeah, a little no bit. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. You know, people won't be afraid that I'm sick or anything if we're back here behind the curtain. They know what's up. Yeah. The bowlers always know what's up. Loose lips get punched in the dick. So, Brittany wasn't really in the news this week. Um, there were some updates made to her um, trial stories from last week, just with a few more details that had come out. And, um, but really, it was just, I was every time it would come up, it was just like, "Oh, we've updated this story." And then I scanned through it. I'm like, "Oh, I don't see any." They would add in like how they gave her medical script as evidence. Uh, you know, say, yeah, she's a medical patient. That's why she had the weed and whatever. Um, so it's not, not a real update, you know, just journalists trying to make their stories look better. But I did see that uh, Senators Ron Wyden and John Cornyn uh, introduced a resolution, another resolution, calling on the Russian government to release Brittany Griner and urging the U.S. government to press for her release, which I thought was interesting that you would... Write up a resolution asking a foreign government to do something for you. You, yeah, I mean, you, resolutions is fucking dime a dozen. Man. It's just a letter, it's just, essentially. I mean, look at that on the wall right there. I got one when I got my Eagle Scout. Yeah. They gave me a resolution. Resolution just says, hey, we said this thing. And everybody signs it. Most of them are passed in just like unanimous consent all at once in a block. Like, they don't even talk about them on the floor or nothing. They're just like, yeah, no, this yeah. Is, this is part of the bullshit that we give out. Okay, resolution. Yeah, but a few bowls ago, you know, we talked about a different resolution that had passed for her, saying, hey, press for her release. Mm-hmm, I remember. And, you know, they've got her as uh, wrongfully detained. She's classified as wrongfully detained, so they've got these expert hostage negotiators allegedly going to work for this, you know, waiting for her sentencing to drop and then trying to make a move. Mm-hmm. So it's all set up. Definitely. Everyone knows what's up, except for the people. Yeah. <laughs> people like us. <laughs> we just get to enjoy the media circus and distraction. But there was another media circus this week because the Kaoa was filed. Oh, boy. Yeah. Schumer's Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act. They filed it last Thursday. And, uh, you know, this is a federal decriminalization is what they're going for it would remove the word marijuana from the controlled substances act so states can keep their laws about fucking um, time. but one of the edits i saw did directly relate to that uh perkins coey group i don't know if i'm saying their name it's right cooey. cooey perkins cooey uh they have their little national cannabis group and they wrote some standard testing white page they wrote up a white page about standardizing testing across the nation. And they said, uh, you know, with the Commerce Clause, states cannot prohibit weed from passing through just because they don't want a legal market in their state. Right. And that was worked into this. This Mm. is a much longer version of the original. Um, I skimmed it. So no more Kansas Highwaymen? Yes. If, you know, all goes according to plan. I think that would be, uh, dare I say... It's a step in the right direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. It is, yeah. Could be. 
it could be. Now, is it going to pass? Well, That's the. Uh... <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> not this session, at no, least. No. I mean, look at the Moore Act. Is it going to pass out of committee? <laughs> sure. That's what we're wondering. Yeah, I don't even report on when committees give the yay, be, we recommend this. Is it going to be assigned to a committee? I mean, it was filed. Yeah, it was discussed in a committee today, actually. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, 296 pages long. Um, so, you know. Oh, just a quick afternoon read then, huh? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love it. I love um, it. But, okay, I'm you all love for removing weed from the Controlled Substances Act. Yes. And then that's it. I think that should be it, right? Like uh, that, you always want to shuck and jive and do like a few things, you know, bring oh, some folks in, make some on. money. Exactly. And you know, almost 300 pages, you know that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's I a s- standard operating first, procedure for these fucks. And foremost, what is the most important thing to me? Home grow, which yeah. in here is going to be referred to as personal use and personal use protection. Uh, it's unspecified. The limit, it needs to be set. At some point in the future, uh, after passage of this bill, by the Secretary of Health and Human Services. Stop with the limit shit. Right. So who's plant counting? And now, I Who will the say. Fuck? This is so crazy to me. This is what makes me so fucking nuts. Who gives a shit how many plants that you have, man? Yeah. No one don't should. don't get it. It's, um, it's a big deal right now, you know? It's so dumb. Someone should just, like, monster plant out. One huge fucking plant and just veg it forever and then send it to flower, like, after it's just Mondo, you know? Like the weed like forest? tree of life. Like, just, you know what In I mean? Kansas? Yeah. What was that movie called that Ned Ned recommended? Rolling Kansas? Rolling Kansas. Yeah, that's a yeah. great one. Yeah. Could be out there. So it'd be like, oh, it's one plant. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Dickheads. Uh, that'd be awesome. Uh, but no. You know, I read this bill and there's a lot of not awesome stuff. Like how the industry would be federally regulated by three different alphabet soup agencies. We got the ATF, the FDA, and the TTB. That's the Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau. Oh, boy. I had to look that one up. I was like, okay, alcohol, tobacco, firearms, I know. Food and Drug Administration, I know. But TTB, what is this? And I just don't like that. I don't like... These groups overlording over things, you know, if it's going to be in the state, then let the state regulate it how they want to, right? Like uh, the the states get to do what they do, except for there's federal regulations. The federal should just shut the fuck up. Just stop. Yeah, exactly. uh, Remove it. All this overreach is incredible, man. Remove it from the Controlled Substances Act. Say, hey, under the Commerce Clause, people can drive it wherever, regardless of what your state says. But then all the power should be in the state. Everything else down to the people, in my opinion. Um, they did work in allowing banking access, which was a big thing because remember a year ago when they teased this bill, Booker and Schumer were talking about how bad the banks were. No, we don't want to give the banks any power. It's like, excuse me, these businesses, <laughs> they got to store cash in a vault or have, you know, Send it to a bank that they can work with in a different state and then get robbed on the highway by the DOT. Right. That's just gross. It was not about the banks at all. It's about the little people here, the people trying to run the business and stuff. Yeah. And then there's workers' rights protections um, that were added in 
saying that they don't want to allow federal drug testing, which I thought was interesting. But of course, they carved out the national security. Uh, You may have to get a drug test, which I thought that's a lot of federal employment, isn't it? Dealing with national security. Yeah. So it's kind of a, oh, yeah, no federal employee drug testing, except for a group of you. Except for <laughs> you know, most of you. Yeah. Except for most of you, yeah. If you're in the, the White House, that's a probably all of you. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no White House gets tested, no. Oh, well. Those fuckers can do whatever they want. Yeah. And I mean, I'm thinking, I'm trying to put myself in Schumer's shoes, too. You know, maybe it's just like, we don't want uh, representatives and senators and such being tested. <laughs> Look out for ourselves. More than anyone else. Um, they would. It requires resentencing and expungement for nonviolent weed offenses. And uh, the, oh, the disgusting tax is still in there. This 5% federal excise tax for small to mid-sized producers. Not defined yet as to what that, you know size producer is mm-hmm. what is mid-size or whatever and then over five years it increases 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 up to 12.5 percent and this is on top of state taxes and local taxes and everything else you got to pay how can weed businesses make any money with this federal excise tax stamped on top of it yeah it's crazy it's bullshit and then if you are a big business that federal tax rate starts at 10 percent and Max is out at 25% oh my God. after five years. What kind of a gangster bullshit is this? 25%? For the, even the fucking big guy only took 10. <laughs> I don't know. That's I'm fucking just, outrageous. Like liquor companies and such, you know, uh, they, they're not, truly they don't have these kinds of excise taxes going on. I don't know. I mean, I'd have to look into it, but it just seems egregious. Yeah, I wonder what, wonder what is comparable. 25%. Nothing. It seems you wouldn't like, stay in business. It seems like way too much of a chunk, It seems bro. like, hey, I'll just go sell my stuff on the Emerald Market then. And off of the very top, too, before you start splitting it off in anything else. Good yeah. God. Uh, those taxes in the bill as it's written right now would go to grant programs and fund nonprofit organizations that specialize in job training, uh, helping the incarcerated reenter society after they're released and securing legal aid. Very vague here. Yeah. You know, about these things. Um, <laughs> so mm, whose agenda will be uh, funded? I don't know. Uh, There's an equitable licensing grant program specifically written in here that would be available to states. Um, So there you go. A little force the equity down your throat if you haven't thought about it before. You know, states, you love federal funding, don't you? Oh, yeah. Come get some in the name of equity. They love it. Uh, There's a 10-year pilot program proposed here through the Small Business Administration to secure intermediary lending for small social equity businesses. I love, it's just like, they imagine having all this money and spending it too. It just grosses me out, you know? It's like, for me, mm-hmm. the bill is remove it from Controlled Substances Act, let the states figure it out from there. No, no, no. 
this guy, these three dudes that put this bill together, they know everyone that's got to get paid. They got guys that got to get paid, you know? So here we go. This is how all the money gets figured out. I mean, that's most of the hundreds of pages is just where's the money going? And, oh, it's never to the people, you know? Nah, the, nah, nah. In fact, Contractors, of course, man. the second, you know, um, besides homegirl, I'm interested in, like, what are the punishments going on? Right. What new and laws are they creating for punishment? There's a, a federally... It seems that they want to impose a um, 10 ounce limit for purchase. Yeah, retailers have a federal limit of 10 ounces per individual transaction. I don't like that. No, who, it's who are bullshit. you to limit purchases? Yeah. I can go buy out the liquor store. Yep. I can anything right now that I'm aware of. I don't think there's anything I'm limited on. You can uh, get a keg and another keg. You can get, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, can, obviously, like pharmaceutical drugs, you need prescriptions for, and over the counters, they might make you sign a piece of paper and scan your ID if you're buying too much of something that could be turned into meth. But I still, you know, I don't think there's a limit. Uh, it's just gross. That grosses me out. Um, <laughs> so the punishment here <laughs> starts at 10 pounds if you get caught growing. 10 pounds, which is hilarious to me. It's like, okay, what if I grew and put it in glass jars and saved it and then kept growing and somehow accumulated 10 pounds? Oh, you hit that 10 pounds. Now you are in federal trouble. Um, Growing, manufacturing, shipping, transporting, receiving, possessing, selling, distributing. I love that, like selling, distributing. These are words that mean the same thing. Um, Or purchasing 10 or more pounds Without state or federal permission, and that means no, they specify here, like, you got no proof of paying the tax, no proof of purchase here. Well, you're going to prison for a year, and you're going to have fines up to $50,000. If it it's over 20 pounds that we're talking about, five years in federal prison with $100,000 in fines. Mm. I don't like that. There should be no, if it's off the Controlled Substances Act, why is there a limit of any sort here? Right, I don't understand. I can grow as many tomato plants as I damn well please, and here they are. No, uh, you know we gotta we gotta come up with a limit for how many plants you can grow federally, even though we say the states are gonna be in control of the markets. It imposes a federal minimum age of what do you think number? Twenty one. Yeah, twenty one, not eighteen. So stupid. I still don't understand this. Um. It would redefine hemp, though, which is, is I was it, like, okay, is this a step in the right direction, maybe? You know? Yeah. Hemp would be anything with THC less than 0.7% of the Ooh. plant's dry weight, which is more than double the current 0.3% limit. Right. Yeah. But, it's just ridiculous. I mean, why can't we just do one percent, like a good round number, five percent? I don't know. You just stop why are we even looking all of it? Yeah, just stop yeah. it all. Exactly. Like, there's hemp. This is you know, just leave. We're not alone. going to smoke that stuff. We're you using it for industrial things, or for salves or whatever. You know, the CBD part of it. I mean, everything that's yeah. fifty state legal under the farm bill. Yeah. <laughs> Supposedly. <laughs> Even though you can work in the Delta 9 by dry weight into some edibles that, yeah, it's like, oh, we're going you know by weight here. So. edibles just got a <laughs> whole lot better, too, you know? Yeah. Um, It's up to the DOT to create regulations within three years of the bill's passage, setting standards for impaired driving, 
which grosses me out because you can't. Subjective, yeah. It's subjective, yeah. And then uh, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, their name is way too long, <laughs> uh, they would have to create an education campaign based on data that's collected over those three years to, you know, tell oh, people. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Tell that nasty cheetah not to get in that car and drive. (laughs) We will make a video. We will teach the Uh, children. They will say, no, we only need $4 million to do it. Yeah, exactly. For a small sum of $1 billion, we can create the best education campaign. Uh, And it further, it funds public education, too, with an undisclosed amount of money to deter youth using uh, weed, and uh, prevent driving while stoned, I guess. Uh, They also talk about increasing supply available for research, which should be happening now. You know, the DEA was supposed to be setting that up, but I think as of right now, the University of Mississippi is still the only one peddling their swag for research purposes. Um... This was interesting. Bans all vaping delivery system products with added natural or artificial flavors. And it, uh, it's just vaguely that. So I was thinking about when they add terpenes into dabs, mm-hmm. you know, for smell and flavor and stuff. I guess that wouldn't be allowed. Um, so that was that was a red flag to me. Yeah, that seems stupid. The FDA would expand to include the Center for Cannabis Products, which would then regulate production, labeling, distribution, sales, and other manufacturing and retail elements of the industry. Thank you, Perkins Coie. Create more fucking bureaucratic institutions. Right, yeah. Put them over weed. No, don't do that. Um, Yeah. (laughs) The DOJ would be offering grants. They would go towards hiring more law enforcement, uh, community outreach, very big, and combating the illicit market. Because, you know, it's federally decriminalized, but not yeah. legalized. So, like, you can't just enjoy weed. There's no, still, no. Uh, if, if they're <laughs> out there smoking it. Oh, yeah. God forbid you're outside of your home. We don't smoking. get our 25%. <laughs> uh, you, di- you didn't pay taxes on that weed, did you? Uh, we're going to have to take that from you. Um, access to federal benefits would be protected for those with prior convictions, including federal employees who've gotten in trouble for weed. Um, veterans would get the access to medical weed through physicians at the VA, which is, why is it taking this bill to do that? That should be just taken care of on its own. Um, then they're asking the government accountability office to facilitate Studies on weed policy and safety and compliance. So there's another paycheck going into someone's pocket. And my final note I took while skimming through this bill is that um, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, along with the National Institutes of Health, would be researching the effects of weed. Those oh, are right. Really, we can finally get some studies. <laughs> yeah, really trustworthy institutions to be doing those studies, too. Man, you know? them studies. Now, today, uh, there was a Senate Judiciary Subcommittee on Criminal Justice and Counterterrorism hearing on this federal reform bill. Uh, And they titled this session, Decriminalizing Cannabis at the Federal Level, Necessary Steps to Address Past Harms. 
And from what I've seen, it was still a bunch of people arguing that we sh- you know, legalizing weed is a bad idea. It's evil. Um, <laughs> the usual, you know. People are getting sick from it. Uh, I read the New York Times. I'm very informed. <laughs> uh, so, you know, two hours of that back and forth. That sounds like a blast. So, oh, those committees, man. I tell you, that's where the fun is at. <laughs> Not. <laughs> um, but, you know, next steps. Wait and see. Don't hold your breath. Uh, that's all. That's all. There was a study that came out this week uh, looking at athletes that use weed, specifically female athletes. And they found that regular use of cannabis is associated with a reduction in early anaerobic power production. Um, so it said users produce significantly less power in the first two stages of the Wingate assessment and experience significantly less anaerobic fatigue. I'm hoping that they're doing these studies to try and, you know, knock weed off of all these anti-doping tests and such. Yeah, it's it's good for recovery, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's good for recovering, but it's not a performance enhancer. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Oh, and I, um, there was a records fight that was won by a law firm against the Department of Justice this week. Uh, they ended up getting $150,000 in fees paid. The case was Davis Wright Tremaine, that's the name of the law firm, versus U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Um, so this lawsuit came about in 2019 regarding policy documents at the U.S.-Canadian border. Uh, They were looking into why foreign nationals uh, were banned from entering the United States, and these were all people involved with Canada's legal weed business. So uh, they could not get those records, so they had to sue them. And after three years, uh, the CBP produced an internal U.S. government info guide and entitled Legalization of Marijuana in Canada and settled by paying all those fees, which is huge. Like, usually you don't get paid for these record suits. Um, but, yeah, you know, hopefully now the CBP will just respond to folks in the future with the records that they're requesting because that's what they're supposed to do. It's supposed to be public information, man. Yeah, man. That's a... It's a hefty price to pay to not just hand over this guide. <laughs> Truly, yeah, it was a PDF know. document, right? I like, it, man, I don't get why all of this stuff isn't just searchable. Oh, I know. It's yeah. public information. Yeah, allegedly. Just look it up with the county. Uh, the National Institute on Drug Abuse, aka NIDA, has announced plans to award a contract to a second supplier of research grade. Pot, you know, beating out the University of Mississippi Monopoly, I just mentioned. So uh, there was a bunch of institutions that got approval from the DEA to cultivate, and those folks will be able to submit an application now to NIDA um, by the 28th. So this Thursday, you see if they can be this supplier. It's just great. I didn't realize how many hoops they have to jump through. Mm. Well, that's the government. That's how it goes, man. Yep. Can't be easy, you know. No, no, not not can't, this one. Can't be cheap. Can't uh, be non-required. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, the National Institute of Standards and Technology is creating a pot section. That's a federal government handbook. And they want to create some potency measurements, packaging, labeling, write all about the other issues like that. This was a measure that was approved at the National Conference on Weights and Measures. Exciting stuff. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they want to start some rulemaking to create standards for how we're going to measure weed. <laughs> And all that stuff. I'm like, hey, just look at the Perkins Cooey white paper. You know, it just did all that stuff. I'm sure it'll show up on your laps eventually. I, love, um, I prefer grams and <laughs> uh, THC content by percentage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the What's handbook, to discuss? I don't, get I don't get it either. I'm guessing it's just like what test strips are we going to buy? Which labs are going to be allowed to handle it? You know, more of the political side of things. We will uh, officially that... designate that uh, a bleezy must be at least five grams. Yeah, and there's already the federal standard dose is five milligrams of THC in an edible. So then, like, and that's under the DEA that came up with that. But then what? All these other groups got to come up with their number, and then they got to confer and <laughs> agree. I don't understand. It's it's It should be simple, you know? Yeah, just the, bureaucratic bullshit. The standard dose for weed is like you hit it until you're like good and you say I'm good and then you pass it. <laughs> yeah. Are you good? Once you're That's good. It. Are you good? Yeah. You must be good by now, This right? handbook is coming out January 2023. So, None of this uh, is good. We'll find out then what they come up with. Um, and they state here that state departments overseeing weights and measurements aren't obligated to incorporate these standardization policies um, because the states may already have other agencies in charge of doing that. So what's the point? Is it like a guideline, man? You know, just, yeah, I guess oh, so. A guideline. Um, the DEA is being sued again after refusing psilocybin therapy under the right to try laws. Jerks. I know. Uh, this is a follow-up to an earlier lawsuit that was heard before the U.S. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which rejected the case on procedural grounds. Uh, what had happened was the federal court said they couldn't reach the merits of the challenge because the DEA hadn't made it clear that its denial was final rule that could be appealed. Um, they just didn't say anything is what happened. So... The plaintiffs went out looking for clarification. Of course, this is a terminally ill patient we're talking about in the midst of this. Right. Um, and the DA didn't say anything, wouldn't respond to the attorneys. So the attorneys finally sent the DEA uh, a notice and said, this is the date at which we need the final ruling by. So if we do not hear from you, we will consider this a final ruling and submit another lawsuit. And that's what just happened. They didn't hear from the DEA at all. They just kept ghosting? Yeah. Bunch of unprofessional so jackasses. Now they... Yeah, but it also... F fuck the court for being like, well, this isn't a final rule. They didn't say anything. Why? Make them say something. You know? We've got this right to try. And, like, why do we even have to go to the DEA to get through that? It's such bullshit. Clearly, they've got better things to do. I guess. Yeah. So um, they filed this lawsuit in the same appeals court, and they're hoping that the judges will now get to the merits of their challenge. Other uh, DEA bad news this week. 
but in good news is that the DEA canceled their proposed ban of those five psychedelic tryptamines I had talked about after facing some serious pushback from scientists who were researching the therapeutic potential. Yeah. It's like, I got a list of them on here. You can read them. Uh, Biden's Safer America plan came out, even though uh, arrests for people with pot have gone up 25% under this Dusty Man administration. What's safer than getting arrested? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's what I was wondering. And reading this, boy, it just makes you feel really safe, you know, because the whole thing is investing in law enforcement, which just cracks me up. Like, wow, you're really tone deaf to the majority of your voters. That's, uh, oh, well, whatever. Uh, The American Rescue Plan here, he talks about $10 billion to police and public safety. And I love these numbers, man. It's like they just pull them out of a hat. Uh, ARP Investments made 2021 among the largest single-year commitments of federal resources for state and local law enforcement and public safety on record. I didn't know that until I read this little White House press release. Uh, $300 million has been secured to expand community violence intervention with 26 different federal programs. I like, I like, I like money. It's too many federal programs, my man. Um, uh, you know, they tout that Biden has taken more executive action to reduce gun violence than any other president at this point in their administration. Um... <laughs> <laughs> His 2023 budget requests a fully paid-for new investment of approximately $35 billion to support law enforcement and crime prevention, in addition to the $2 billion discretionary request that the president gets, which uh, he's planning to send to the same place. So that's $37 billion to law enforcement. Then he breaks it down. What he wants to do with that money? Or whoever's writing this budget out, you know. It's, it's like surely law, not the dusty man. Sounds like law enforcement in Ukraine got like the same package this time. Yeah. Around. Right? It's strange. Uh hire a hundred thousand new cops. That's thirteen billion dollars worth of work, apparently. Uh clear court backlogs using three billion dollars. My note here is how does money fix this? You know, like what? You hire a person that's job is solely to the Clear the backlog in every single court. And a $3 billion. Oh, a lot of freaking cash. Um, They mentioned tougher penalties for fentanyl trafficking and organized retail theft side by side. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then creating the Accelerating Justice System Reform Program. That's going to cost $15 billion, which cities and states can use for 10 years to prevent violent crime. Who knew a program could stop crime? Yeah, all you need is money. Yeah. $5 billion of this investment is going into uh, evidence-based community violence intervention programs. <laughs> and they suggest here that instead of cops responding to nonviolent situations, oh God. you just send public health responders. You send like a social worker or uh, ambulance driver? Yeah. Yeah. I think that would end nicely. <laughs> Not all... Violent situations start off violent, you know. (laughs) Uh, They slipped in here, though, ending the crack powder disparity and making a retroactive fix so that incarcerated individuals can reenter society. They've been talking about doing this for so many years. It's 
It makes me so mad. I know, but... Because they're like, oh, we realize how bad it is. We realize how stupid it is and how racist it was to do this in the beginning. And, and know, then that's how, the end of it. How societally divisive it was. Like They keep saying sorry. They keep saying it's obvious. And, but it just never passes. Yeah, but this it's is... It's just like this fucking badge that they wear every fucking election cycle. Oh, is, we got to change this. This is under the $5 billion investment into evidence-based community violence intervention well, programs. You know, once they drop a few billy on it, man, maybe they'll figure it out. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. Money fixes everything. So stupid. Yeah. Um, and then, you're going to love this one. I could use like half of that billy. No uh, number here, but we're at, what, 13 plus 15 billion. We're at 28 billion. Plus three billion, thirty-one billion, plus five. This is thirty-six billion. So I'm oh guessing one billion dollars is going to increase ATF funding by thirteen percent. No, to hire new agents. No ATF. They specifically say they want these agents to trace firearms and analyze ballistics from crime scenes. But you know what the ATF is up to. All sorts of bad shit. Yeah, they just flush all these departments with money, so they just bring on personnel and they hot dog it around, blowing through these insane budgets it's crazy man it's disgusting and then they always got to do dumb shit with flair to justify their massive budgets that's when shit gets ugly man and then they take money from me for working hard-earned cash taxes and do this kind of shit with it it's like what where's my consent to this non-existent in washington dc Mayor Muriel Bowser signed a bill banning most workplaces from firing or punishing employees for using pot. So that's uh, that's good news. It has to. I guess I didn't realize this, but uh, when the legislation gets approved by the D.C. City Council, it has to undergo a congressional review. And then, uh, if Congress takes no action in sixty days, which I'm guessing is most likely to happen, because it seems like all these. Uh, government workers don't really communicate very well it just becomes law so if congress goes them for two months they're good to go um and of course it was it carved out the safety sensitive exemptions like cops construction workers commercial drivers licensed jobs child care medical medical care etc um there was a notification that came out in colorado this week i thought was interesting um i guess that Weed regulators had been notified about folks having uh, liver issues and other health problems, and they were blaming a certain pot product. Uh, 1906 Midnight Drops by SEMA Sciences. Uh, there were a few adverse health events reported. And what regulators discovered when they looked into it was that this product specifically was the only one from the group that had adverse health events reported with it and it had a unique ingredient in it that wasn't in the other products and that ingredient is Corydalis. oh yeah poppy is, family wildflower cory dallas <laughs> probably butchering it uh, but it's a wildflower related to bleeding hearts so with like pink a- or white flowers and it's better known as yanhu suo it's Chinese medicine. Oh boy! It's from China. It's a plant used in China all the time. They extracted it from all these like traditional Chinese uh, medicines for stomach issues, and uh, they use it to activate blood circulation. But apparently, it's uh, pretty bad for your liver. So, and like I said, this is their only product that has the 
uh, adverse health events reported, and it's the only product with that shit in it. So don't blame it on the weed. That shit was what? It sounded like a <laughs> perfect gay porn star. Corey Dallas. Corey Dallas. There you go. C O R Y D A L I S. Corey Dallas. That's how you. Uh, Illinois issued 149 dispensary licenses this week to social equity applicants. Look at that. Moving forward. It? Nobody's suing them anymore? Oh, no, no. There's plenty of lawsuits, that, but this they is just on the some, side. Finally got some licenses. <laughs> some of these social equity applicants weren't involved in the lawsuits, I guess. And they had different groups like craft growers and, you know, the smaller ones. Sure. So, yeah. Uh also in Illinois, though, there was a lawsuit that was dropped. I thought this was very interesting. This was a lawsuit accusing big players like Verano, Green Thumb Industries, Certera Holdings, and Akerna of colluding to monopolize the market. And if you recall, there I announced this in a bowl after bowl episode because they came out with a like big dick swinging press release. Mm-hmm. We're going to sue these guys. We're going to sue the Monopoly. All the big players, they're going down. We haven't filed the lawsuit yet, but, <sighs> you know, it's in the plans. And it's like, what are you doing? This is what happens when you do that, you know? You got to drop that lawsuit because right. I'm sure someone probably showed up at your house and threatened your family, and you didn't <laughs> like it very much, and here we are. <laughs> yeah. Don't know what they're getting themselves into. Don't fuck with the big fish, man. <laughs> like if you're not ready, and don't tell them your attack plan. Yeah, this was what so the fuck? That's so, that was so amateur hour, dude. Step one: you go read the Art of War, okay? Because you just need to. Just go do that, and then that's it. <laughs> Maybe you'll learn something. It's fucking embarrassing. It's poor form. Poor form. Uh, the Minnesota Department of Health says that gummies in chews for medical patients will be available August 1st, which was confusing to me because they just legalized THC products of all kinds. So I thought edibles would just be on the shelves. Um, but hey, patients, you got to wait. But August 1st, you'll be good. I saw also in Minnesota that some cities have implemented temporary bans on THC products. Um, so like St. Joseph and Marshall were mentioned here that approved moratoriums to halt the manufacturing and sale of edibles. And Stillwater implemented a one-year moratorium last November, trying to get ahead of legalization. Um, so these, they're claiming that these temporary prohibitions are supposed to give their city staff time to research the issue and draft ordinances to regulate how they're going to sell edibles. Because um, under the law... It's a, the only stipulation is that uh, the food products can't resemble commercial food products and they can't be modeled after children's ba- brands specifically and the THC limit. So it's uh, five milligrams in a single serving or 50 milligrams per package. So other than that, though, the cities are in control of the regulation. So they decide where they can be manufactured and sold, the age of the people able to sell the products. Like, do you have to be 18 or older or 21 to sell these things to folks? Uh, Where in a store they can be located? Can you have them in the front window? Probably not. Uh, If pop-up sales are allowed, and whether there is a minimum distance requirement between retailers in schools, parks, or residential areas. Just weird things they're thinking about. I really don't think it's that big of a deal. Go to the convenience store. You should be able to get your edibles. I can get 
you know, malt liquor. <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> but I can't get a, an edible. <laughs> yeah, it's so stupid. They're just, uh, ugh. Yeah, excuses, excuses for the demonization of THC still. Whatever. Well, there's a fun story that popped up this week in St. Louis where a city council member failed to disclose that she worked for a law firm representing clients who were seeking medical pot licenses as the city council was working on pot laws. Yeah, she earned $5,000 doing that work and cast votes on the bill for pot operation zoning ordinances. And uh, she didn't disclose that money that she made on any of her financial interest statements, which I think is probably the biggest concern. But at the same time, this lady, she's up for re-election August 2nd. Her name's Lisa Clancy. She's unopposed. What are you going to do? Throw a name in there against her? Um, But someone, the person who hired her at the law firm, (laughs) sent all of their text messages and email exchanges to the post-dispatch over there. So they got a big story. And I was like, ooh, that's nasty. <laughs> no one would have even known about this. Uh, they also received a letter from the law firm that was dated back in 2019 when she was doing this job. And the firm concluded that her engagement on their project uh, didn't have any con- conflict of interest with her city council position. Which, yeah, oh yeah, that's for a law firm to decide. Um, but yeah, she was filling out applications for a big company that was seeking multiple licenses, and they did ultimately secure one license. But it seems like she left midway through the project because of pressure from the other uh, city council members and folks telling her, hey, that seems kind of like conflict of interest, what you're doing. Um, But one of the most interesting things that came out of this was she was mentioning, oh, yeah, we're going with this draft it's the draft that was edited by Stephen Tilly. And I'm like, whoa, he's a former House Speaker, well-known lobbyist for MoCan, or the Missouri Medical Cannabis Trade Association, and of course, founding partner of Strategic Capital Consulting. So he had a hand in writing the county's pot zoning ordinance and like pushing through a smaller buffer zone. Oh my. That's interesting you'd let a guy like that uh, write <laughs> those kinds of things. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and that was my biggest takeaway from the whole thing. Uh, in Pennsylvania, there was a terrible story that came out this week. And here's how the headline uh, read. Beaver County man charged after allegedly growing marijuana at home with his children inside. Uh, and no, Beaver County is not the worst part, I know. Haha, beaver. Nice execution. You're doing terrific. But it's just like, it just implies that he's endangering the welfare of his children, which is one of the felony charges he's now facing for growing a plant inside. Because you can't grow it outside. That's like really dangerous, you know? Right. (laughs) You're just going to get fucked in the ass right away if you get caught growing a pot plant outside and someone sees that. Um, and it's like, you know, people are making jokes. Oh, what's next? Man leaves liquor cabinet unlocked with his children inside the home? No, it'll never be like that. It's just weed, demonized weed. But you know how these things always go down? Someone who knew him was inside his house mm-hmm. and took a picture of his grow tents and sent them to children and youth services. 
And so then, of course, CYS sends it over to the cops, and then they make their move. Fucking gross. It's disgusting. And um, he somehow found out that CYS was going to come over, so he moved his grow tents to a detached garage. Um, But, you know, the cops had those photos of them being in the house next to some kids' toys before that, so that's all they needed. Now he's facing two felony charges. Manufacturing of drugs, which is still pretty fucking lame for manufacturing. pot weed. I'm growing a plant. I'm growing a pot plant. Oh, my and, God. No, manufacturing drugs and endangering the welfare of children. Nah, they came in and endangered the welfare of his children. Yeah, they took his children away, you know? This is what happens. Then they get funneled into the state system. And then they get fucked up. Yeah, it's just terrible. I hate stories like that. Uh, in Rhode Island... They awarded their trace and track contract to guess who? Metric. Oh boy, that's yeah. a big shocker there. I know. If the Borg wasn't coming through, I'd be worried about Metric, but they don't stand a chance when the federal nationalization standards come in or whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, this was a funny one. Vermont is issuing waivers to the prohibition of plastic packaging for pot products. Like, ah, we don't know what else you guys could do. You kind of need plastic, so we'll let you use plastic. If you, you know, fill out a form on our website, we can issue you a waiver. Kiss the ring. (laughs) And uh, my final story for Behind the Curtain tonight uh, comes from Wyoming, where activists need 41,000 signatures by January to put decriminalization on the ballot. They had 30% of their signatures in February... They're off to a great start, but now it's July, and they only have 40% of what they need. What's up? Um, I, I can tell you what's up. They're not paying signature gatherers, but this article I have in the show notes did talk to a hemp store owner who has taken out some private money to pay people, and you know he's bought radio ads and such, and he said people come into his shop just to sign uh, the petition, so... Yeah. At least, you know, you got private citizens trying to help out, but, oof, not paying your signature gatherers, that's a rough one. Yeah, it's always a way up mountain battle. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Well, that's a good uh, good roundup this week. Thanks. We also had a good uh, good little file slip to us. Ooh, I love file From the file Rev himself. Slips. Yeah, we got a file slip. As you know, Rev Cybertrucker always brings us the metal moment, and this week is no exception. Before he hit the pavement, he hit the studio. A little in-cabin studio he's got there. As he's rolling around the country, delivering all the stuff that needs to be delivered. So salute to you, Rev. I'll have to pause because of my... Oh, look at that. Would y'all look at that? My driver didn't like it. My driver didn't like it. I'm telling you, man. It's one of those nights... One of those nights. Gremlin's all about. Yeah. I'm trying to think of another way I could play this stupid thing. Hmm. I have an idea. Cool. Maybe. Let's see. <laughs> In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny 
and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. How do y'all? This here is the Reverend Cybertrucker from the Hammerdown Media Mobile Studio, which is always fucking noisy. But I'm not going to let that get in the way of putting out another Metal Moment for y'all. Anybody who knows me at least a little bit, or who have been friends with me for a while, know that I am a huge fan of what's known as the big four bands of heavy metal. Those being Metallica, Slayer, Anthrax, and my personal favorite, Megadeth. Now, Megadeth hasn't been slacking since the last time they put out an album, and are ready to put another one out in September. This particular track, Night Stalkers, Chapter 2, features the iconic rap and metal artist, Ice-T. Top shelf. Hell yeah. That'll get you up. Excelente. Excelente. Well, thank you, Rev. As always, you can make requests over at RevCyberTrucker.com or follow the Rev, RevCyberTrucker at NoAgendaSocial.com. Excelente. Well, now we got to check in, you know, on the bowlers. That's right. See how everybody's doing in the voicemails. Yeah. You can call and leave us a voicemail at 816 607 3663. Uh, you can also text like our friend Sir Seat Sitter did. He texted and said, Fortune favors the brave. Fortune favors the brave. Oh my goodness. Yeah, if you haven't seen the... Streaming Wars. Streaming Wars 2 for South Park, you gotta check that out. Yeah. Available Hilarious. on internets everywhere. Uh, this, uh, this man is also available on some internets. Hey, bowlers. Um... Okay, I'll admit I have never fucked around with a Ouija board. The closest I've gotten, or at least the, you know, the, as somebody described it, it's the same zip code. Although I, I might disagree with that, but the closest I've ever gotten is uh, tarot cards, which uh, I started playing with last year, um, probably about October. Well, yeah, kind of around the time that, uh, yeah, shit started going real sideways in my life. And yeah, I remember. Of course, it's, it continued for the last uh, few years. But uh, the one thing I can say. For sure, right now is that t- today, today, Junior, it's Phoenix's birthday, so you should all wish Ooh. her happy birthday. Oh yeah, I'm sure, she'll be in the bowl tonight. Um, but uh, yeah, that is, uh, but yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah, just uh, yeah, wish her all happy birthday. And, 
you know, I love you, dear. And, uh, well, uh, yeah, and uh, that's, that's really all I got to say about it. But, uh, yeah, the, you know, the card, the cards don't tell you anything you don't already know. That's the thing, though. This is true. Just to, uh, you know, to talk about that, I guess, for a second. There's much to say, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, in the bowl, y'all. In the bowl. In the bowl. Phone boy over with Phoenix. Little birthday parties. Yeah. Birthday suit, birthday parties. Look, they look so good. Birthday bowls. Birthday bowls. Birthday bowls to this next bowler. Um. Okay. Uh. Give me a second here. Yeah, you got it. There we go. Um, I've never actually used an Ouija board. Um, I remember being a kid uh, and staying at my aunt's house uh, when my parents and my sister were out of town um, when I was young. And I remember my older cousin, who's she's the oldest sibling on that side of the family, on my mom's side. And she had friends over that were playing with the Hasbro version of it, uh, which apparently they own a trademark on. I didn't know that after looking up Ouija board on uh, <clears throat> Wikipedia's. Uh, and it, it, they do have quite a layout here of uh, Aleister Crowley's involvement mm-hmm. uh, with it. Uh, uh, some guy named Ronald Doe at home, uh, <laughs> if anybody... Went down that. Oh, he was a Roman Catholic priest who ended up using the Ouija board and uh, the exorcism of Ronald Doe. Huh. Um, but I did read on here that uh, the. What did it say? Since early Ouija board history has been criticized in several Christian denominations, the Catholic Church. The Catechism of the Catholic Church in paragraph two, blah, 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 explicitly forbids any practice or deviation that includes use of a Ouija boards. Uh-huh. Also, Catholic answers, um, Catholic answers, a Roman Catholic Christian apologetic, apologetics? Yeah. Huh. Apologetics is a branch of Christian theo- theology that defends Christianity. Huh. And never, uh, why would it be Christian apologetics in this group that states the Ouija board is far from harmless as <clears throat> it's a form of divination seeking information from supernatural forces. Moreover, Catholic bishops in Micronesia called the board for the boards to be banned and warn congregations that they were talking to demons. Literally demons. demons uh, <laughs> when using a Ouija boards. So, yeah. Anyways, I never used an Ouija board. In the bowl. In the bowl, that dad. In the hey, bowl. Somebody throw our man that dad a, a rope. He's down in that Wikipedia hole deep, man. <laughs> Apologetics. He got all the way. He keeps clicking. Yeah, apologetics he, is a weird term. It's also a uh, it's also a uh, Christian music group that used to do uh, covers of popular songs. Oh, they do like Christianized uh, parody songs. Really, basically, they just <laughs> parody popular songs and uh, Christianify them. Yeah, huh. apologetics. 
pretty sure if my if my foggy memory is serving me correctly at this moment. Maybe. You ever fucked with a Ouija board? Not really, no. Not directly. Wow. Only time I ever had was that fake one that we did. <laughs> it's like, no, it wasn't a Ouija board, remember? It was like uh, something else. Oh, Some that thing was cool. spirit board, they called ah. it. Spirit board. Worked the same way, but it wasn't just like... I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, and I have like a crystal ball, right? Instead of the planchette. Mm -hmm. And you're moving this like ball around. And -hmm. it would like magnify the letters underneath. Yeah. Yeah, nothing came of it. (laughs) We were like, hi. (laughs) I think maybe. I don't even remember. Yeah, it was. I all I remember is we were staying that staying that Airbnb Airbnb at the River Market. River Market district. Yeah. And we found it, and like the price was just too good, and it was. Uh, so campy. I was like, I have to have this. I have to have this in my tool set, you know? Is it still I mean, around? Yeah. Yeah. I can't even remember what it, like, had in it, you know? What it the setup a, was. It was a board and that, like, uh, crystal ball kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, geez, okay, well, I fucked with a Ouija board once, Yo. long ago. Oh. <laughs> when I was 13. Oh, boy. Uh, you know, growing up in massive two shits is kind of like the... Uh, witchcraft stuff, it's pretty big, you yeah. know, like everyone's into it, I think. Not ev- Okay, I should not ever say everyone is into it. But like it's pretty popular when you're it's in high school to fuck around there. with it. Yeah. yeah. They got should- a whole like Salem dedicated to that well, shit. Like- in Hasbro, they're in Rhode Island. So yeah, I mean, we're getting both sides here. We got the history and then we've got the advertisements. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I was 13 and I was with uh, my friend, her boyfriend, and then a mutual friend. Um, yeah, so there was four, five of us. Two, two. There's someone else there. I can't remember who the hell it was, but it doesn't matter. Uh, there were five of us. And we had a slumber party at my house. I think it was for my birthday. I was turning 13. <laughs> and I had procured this Ouija board well, it was given to me uh, by someone, and we uh, were in my basement, which is, there. it wasn't like a scary basement or anything, you know, there was a TV and stuff, it was a finished basement, and that's where we were staying the night, we were, we'd watched uh, probably The Grudge, or some stupid horror movie, and um, we all had met at an anime convention too, Anime Boston, so, you know, I could have been watching some Japanese horror or something. And anyways, I'm like, hey, you know, like, I, I'm an only child. I don't have anyone hanging out with me most of the time. You want to try this Ouija board? We're not in, like, a scary place. Uh, the house had one family that lived in it beforehand. But, of course, you know, massive two shits. It's ancient land we're mm-hmm. on. Uh, so pull the board out and start diddling with it. You know, the usual thing. Is there anyone there? And then it goes to yes. And we're all like, holy shit. <laughs> I remember my friend was like, let's stop. This is too much. And I was like, no, someone's just pushing the plan cheddar in. I mean, come on. And uh, we started asking questions. And it was pretty vague. Everything was really vague. Nothing stood out. Uh, but then it just started going crazy. Like the planchette was moving really fast to these different letters. And I was like, shoot, we got to keep track of what's being said. First it said F-I-V-E-5. And then we're looking at each other. Fuck, there's five of us. <laughs> what's it going to say? And it goes a B-A-D, bad. And it ends up spelling out 
five bad children bleed. And we just <laughs> fucking threw that thing. Oh, my God. Went upstairs. My friend went home in tears. Is just like, I'm done. Your boyfriend is like, okay, we're calling our parents. We're going home. I was like, great. Thanks, guys. We just... May have invited something into my house, and now I'm stuck here. That's just fucking great. Uh, well, anyways, everyone poops out. <laughs> I just scared everyone away with a lame, fucking, vague Ouija sentence. Five bad children bleed. And uh, <laughs> I wake up the next morning, and I got my period. And I was like, no! Oh, oh my gosh! Shit. And so then... Uh, I was seeing my friend. We had musical theater that day, so we were at practice. And I shoot you not, she caught her hand open bad on this, like, wooden plank. There was, like, a nail sticking out of it. And she was just leaning there and then, like, kind of fell forward and was like, holy fuck, I just scraped my hand open. Like, pretty fucking bad. And so then we're texting the other three. You know, like, hey, what's up? And it was all minor stuff. It wasn't, like, no one died. No one broke a bone, but we all bled that day. And then we were like, God dang it. You know, like it gets in your mind and then it comes to fruition. But mine was like the least severe. I woke up on my period and was like, well, that's kind of weird. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was my experience. And then uh, I didn't touch it ever again. Yeah, that's a weird one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely weird. Just uh, I've read a lot about like low level spirits and stuff. Low-level astros. Like, yeah. You're like, well, if this is the only thing I can invoke, then that's kind of not worth my time or energy. <laughs> Stuff that's just f- going to fuck with you. It's just like, <laughs> little gremlins and whatever. Oh, yeah. man. It's not like, a, you know, you contact who you want to contact, you know. We got a, like probably someone going to pretend to be that person. We got a gremlin in the voicemail. Oh, yeah? A little tee-hee-hee-hee. I don't know if y'all are aware of this, but I have been waiting for this F tie <laughs> for a while. Now. Oh man! Hell yeah! Every week, there's a secret hope that maybe this will be the one that finally gets picked, <laughs> and then it happened, <laughs> and that's very exciting. I Woo! couldn't be happier. This is a great episode, and you got the bowling pins now. Yeah. Oh fuck, bro. Oh shit! Yes, so much fun. Yes, thank you. First for that. time I ever used a Ouija board. I have never used one proper. Oh. There was one in an old antique shop from the seventies that I wanted to buy, but I didn't buy it. Sometimes I regret that, but that's okay. Uh, funny enough, the logo. For BTS, the original one, the blue and red with the eye and the pyramid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't necessarily read like it, but uh, one of the original ideas that I had was a planchet. Uh, yeah. A little Ouija token that you move around on the board. <clears throat> so that's what I was trying to keep in mind. I, I see. I should go back and retouch that one sometime. Do like a remaster. <laughs> 4K 3D. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another fun fact, while I've never used a Ouija board proper, my mouse pad is a Ouija board Uh, that someone had given me back in 2020, right around the same time that we started doing the show. So pretty much any time that I'm at home and sitting at the computer 
in my office, doing show stuff. It's on top of a Ouija board. It's pretty spooky. On top of the Ouija. Whoa. Whoa, damn. Freaking a spooky. Slapped right in there. <laughs> Steve Reich from Lavish, 4,200 sets out of Fountain. Woo. We also had, uh, you heard it before, Love is in the Air from Cotton Gin. That was uh, while we dropped on the stream. <laughs> Love is in the Air. But uh, damn, yeah, Lavish slapped us with a strike, dude. He's a striking man. Got him. Man. Implications of the Ouija uh, mouse pad. That's crazy. I know. You'd want to like have some weird, uh, I feel like text file running where it's saving the string. Of yeah. <laughs> where the mouse lands or like every time you click, what? register the letter you're The letters, on yeah. Throughout the day and then just see the string Because it's your subconscious. Day. Like, I mean, you're looking at the arrow on the screen or whatever, mm-hmm. but yeah, what's going on underneath? Wow. Mm. Wow. Freaking me out, caller. Freaking me out. Uh, this next caller freaks me out, too. He's a freak. Hey, y'all. Rev here. Uh, hey, I Rev. I never actually used a Ouija, but I figured I'd tell you about the time that I learned how to use the Norse runes. I am a practitioner of Runamal, which is the oracle of the Norse runes. My wife and I were dating for about four months, which was just before we took a trip and ended up conceiving our first daughter, uh, before we were married. But she went to a New Age fair and was drawn to a particular table. She put her hand down on the table and rested it atop a copy of the Book of Runes by Ralph Plum. And it came with a little gray bag of my first set of runes. And she bought them without even realizing what she was going to do with them. When she got home, she gave them to me. And the the first thing I did is I ripped open that book and I started reading it. And 30 minutes later, I did my first runic spring, which was a runic cross for my soon-to-be wife. And it actually told me that I had to stop looking for someone to spend my life with because I had already found her. Aww. And then married not too long after that. Three kids and five grandkids. Well, six now, one on the way. Nice, but, uh, congrats. And that was my first experience with Runamal. In the bowl, y'all. Have a good one. In the bowl. In the bowl, Rev. That's cool. It had no idea what the Norse runes to put for the transcript. What did it put? Uh, first time it put the worst rooms. <laughs> and then the second time it said uh, Oracle of the Mushrooms, which Oracle I quite of the enjoy. the Mushrooms, <laughs> Oh, I love that. It's almost instant uh, show title there, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what this next color has to bring. N E V E R Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Never. Never. Never till now, now till never. Very clever caller. Clever Ouija board fuckery. That's funny. Yeah, I have read that uh, F-tie over and over. Yeah. For a while during the uh, during this segment right here where we say, what the hell is going to be next week's uh, F-tie? That one's crossed off now. Uh, let me see here. Got uh, First time I ever found a dead animal. 
got fired. We did a phone sex one, so I'm cross that off. I don't know how that didn't get stricken. Uh, what else do I got? Uh, first time I ever called in and left an F-tie message. Uh, fuck, my roommate went to the DMV, changed jobs, went to a flea market, moved out of t- hometown. Wow, that's a list we got. Flea market stood out to me. Flea market. Montgomery. We're talking about flea market. Okay, I like it. First time I ever went to a flea market. Next week on Bull After Bull, you can call 866-073-663. You can text. You can do whatever you like. Yep. Between now and then, and uh, we'll play it. That's right. Play your F-Tie. You got your helipad rocking? Oh, yeah. Because I saw a boost that popped up in the chat with an answer to this week's F-Tie. Oh, boy. Yeah, I see that as well. I see it as well. Wow, that last one might have broke the helipad. Uh-oh. It slammed so hard. Oh, this is why we love the boost pop. Boost after boost. Boost after boost catches the uh, <laughs> gaps, you know? Catches yeah. the slaps in the gaps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, looks like Cotton Gin 2022 boost saying, ironically, my first and only... Holy shit. Mackerel. Somebody has to get that thing off of my chin. <laughs> what is going on? Oh, uh, maybe that whatever I uh, summoned with the, my lame Ouija experience is still here. Oh my god! <laughs> Fucking with your levels, Cotton Gin! <laughs> how dare you? Uh, oh. Cotton Gin, douchebag! No, <laughs> god. Um. Yeah. Ironically, my first and only Ouija board experience. Was in a church in Massachusetts. Nice. Oh, spoopy. Us assholes. We're like, what's this piece of shit? Oh, yeah. Let's fuck <laughs> around with it and find out. <laughs> uh, no prior reading. Just like, okay. It says, you know, I'll put your hands on this little thingy and it'll move. That's that. God, that scared my nuts <laughs> inside myself, bro. It's <laughs> 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 rough coming in. Even though I think that was slapped even harder than the last one. It did. It did. It's uh, gaining power. Yeah. <laughs> What the hell? Well, well, yeah, there's only one thing left to do, I suppose, you know. Yeah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Yeah, let's go bowling. Let's do it. Uh, So there was a chicken, because we can't have lanes without chicken stories in the recent past. Uh, this chicken hitched a ride from its family home to Vermont's largest city 13 miles away. It just uh, ridden the undercarriage of their pickup truck somehow. And so uh, someone across the street having coffee spotted it and was like, oh my goodness, there's a chicken wandering around. What shall I ever do? And uh, they tried calling uh, animal control. They called a farm and then they called the police. Oh, God. But uh, the cops, you know, said, hey, we don't do chickens. So the lady who saw it took it home fed the chicken, loved the chicken, gave it a place to stay, and then posted on social media, because, you know, what do you do? Post it on social media. And the owners ended up seeing the post and saying, oh, thank goodness you got our chicken, because we got home and we're like, where's our chicken? So I would be a little upset for sure as well. Yeah, and, you know, they didn't mention if they had other chickens. But if you got other chickens, it's kind of like, oh, hmm, we lost a chicken, that's weird. Yeah. Oh, well. You got others. Right. But if it's your only chicken, it's like, man, where's my chicken? Uh, so they ended up uh, changing the chicken's name, because they named their chickens, from Bug 
to Amelia Earhart. <laughs> That's a big change, man. That's a lot of paperwork, it seems to me. <laughs> change the chickens. A full and... name for a chicken. Ah, yeah. cracks me up. We got two of our eight named. Well, okay, two are named, and then two others have names. Interchangeable names. Exactly. You don't know which <laughs> one's which. The Bard Rocks look exactly the same, but they are together, collectively, rock and roll. We don't know which one's rock or roll. Yeah. The Cinnamon Queens, though, one is visibly darker yes. than the others. So the darker one is toast, and then the lighter one is crunch. Yeah. Cinnamon Queens. This is all you're doing. Yeah, and then the other two don't have names yet. They're all just box box to me. Yeah. But one the of the two that died died before the names <laughs> happened. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The ones that got hit by the dogs, that was before anybody was named. I feel like when there was six of them, there wasn't really like naming potential. But then Toast and Crunch, you know what I mean? There might have been like two light ones and a dark one, for all I know, or the other way around, or maybe three shades. Wouldn't have worked out. I don't know, but. Just kind of happened that way. I will say the markings on those black ones in the new flock, one of them has like a lion's mane, like gold. Yeah, it's it really cool it's red feathers on her neck. The black sex link. Yeah. The the I think it's the runt that doesn't have that, right? Yeah, I believe so. And then the other one, yeah, dude, she's got some awesome feathers <laughs> on her chest and neck. She's pretty, and she also was really friendly with the kids today, which I was surprised about. Because they've been standoffish in the garage the yeah. whole time. And I was like, eh. Th- they were ready to get out of the garage. Yeah. Now they got humbled today. They were like, oh, shit. Yes. There's other chickens in the world. Surprise. Got to keep my shit together. Oh, I got another surprise on the lands. A 33-year-old man from Andhra Pradesh, India, had six wives, and none of them knew about each other. Nice. Yeah, unfortunately for him, he was arrested for cheating a woman by concealing his other marriages. Which is a crime. Oh, rough. And uh, I guess the way he pulled this off is that he posed as a software engineer working for a multinational firm with a hefty salary package. Mm. So he wooed these ladies into marrying uh, him. And then he would take all their cash and their gold and their valuables and disappear. And then he'd go do it with another lady. Wow, that's a hell of a scam. Yeah, but they were still, you know, at home, married, maybe realizing they got scammed, hopefully. Or sadly waiting for him to come back. (laughs) Uh, Wow. But in this latest case, the woman who uh, filed the police report and ultimately got him caught, she saw his profile on a wedding site. Oh, God. You know, one of the sites that you can put all your wedding information on there. So he must (laughs) have let his new wife post a picture of him. Clickmybride.com. Yeah. So, uh... They have six known wives, but the police say there could be more. Could so be, yeah, waiting. I would say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ladies, check your gold cabinets. Make yeah. sure all the gold is still there. Yeah. If your man leaves the next day. <laughs> That's not good. That's not good. Yeah. If he ain't texting back and the gold is missing, I would say <laughs> there's probably uh, grounds for concern right there. There's a scheme afoot. <laughs> uh, the a Polish Institute has classified cats as an invasive alien species. Uh, fucking hey. Yeah. Not news to us. Uh, but these specifically were just citing the damage that they cause to birds and other wildlife and the general environment around them. Um, but there's 1786 other 
species listed in this database that they're procuring, and this is the first one to spark complete outrage <laughs> and emotional outbursts from people. Oh, God. Um, the cat people. All they're that. saying is that cats have a harmful impact on biodiversity, you know, because sure. they hunt and kill mammals and birds, and they just ask that cat owners don't let their cat outside too much during the bird breeding season. But the media, blame the media, has people up in a tizzy, all confused, thinking that this institute's calling for euthanization of all cats and whatever. Not but, all cats. Not you know. all cats. Just most of them. <laughs> you keep the cool ones around. Well, then but they... yeah, cat exterminators win. We'll just call a guy. You know, hey, there's cats around. Someone think of the birds. Guy comes, guy goes. Boom. Bird is the word, or so they say. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, cats! And they explained that their term alien here was because Felis catus <laughs> was domesticated 10,000 years ago in the Middle East, making it an alien to Europe. Racist. <laughs> Just right off the bat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You're never gonna survive. Exterminate cats. I'm calling Tumblr. Uh... Yeah, they, no, some of the things they were hearing from people, people were like, oh, no, I bet humans aren't on that list. Yeah. Like, yeah, boo-hoo. Go cry to your cat. I'm sure it really cares. Just gotta publish a fucking headline. <laughs> but it's funny, too, because also the scientist that was interviewing with the AP was like, you know, I'm not gonna say too much, because I'm a dog owner. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, hell yeah. I feel you. Dogs just piss and shit everywhere, but other than that. Other they, than that, they, they love you forever. They won't shut the fuck up. But yeah, they don't mess the place up. Yeah, you could leave them alone for three days and come back after a bender, and they'd be like, oh, hello, I'm so happy to see you. Maybe you have food now. They're forgiving. They just always love. They're the best. True loyal. Anyways, uh, not the best. A jumping humpback whale landed on a boat in Plymouth, Mass. This weekend, I guess, but no one was hurt. Can you imagine that? Being that close to a whale? I've imagined and its it a few times. Head fucking slams into the front of your boat, tipping the rear out of the water before it slides back into the ocean. Hmm. Uh. You know, luckily, luckily for the owner of this vessel, uh, there was no damage to it that affected its seaworthiness. However, they grade seaworthiness. Uh, but the harbor master had to come out and, you know, do a PSA, a little reminder that boaters should stay a hundred yards away from the humpback whales because uh, they want to keep these events rare. You know, you don't want people getting crushed by a humpback that's just. No, Gleefully I'd jumping out of the water. <laughs> much rather be humped by a crushback. <laughs> if you know oh, what boy. I mean, hey! Oh, oh. <laughs> I had to put this story on the lanes because it was just ridiculous and sad. Florida man, meet Florida sheriff. No, This why? is literally a PR... Uh, I mean, I don't even know what to call it other than like a PR piece. Like, good, uh, good press... From the AP about how, like, oh, you think Florida man is ridiculous. You should listen to some of these the sheriffs and what they say on social media. Man, they're just terrible. People are just crazy. They're just crazier than Florida man. Florida man, be scared. And it's like, mm, no. So the story is uh, pretty sad. Like I said, 
Uh, they go through all these, like, you know, social media profiles. <laughs> and uh, they had one that was, like, this guy who had been featured on Live PD posts a sad criminal of the day every day. And I was like, yeah, it's you. That's all I could think when I read this article. You. Pretty eh. sad. Cops trying to be funny and snarky and stuff. Nah, that shit belongs on Reno 911. It's true. <laughs> That's it. Oh. Yeah, nothing sadder than a gutter ball. Oh, I know. It is a bummer. But sometimes you gotta warm up. Yeah. Yeah, you, you gotta know, warm up. Or, you let a few go. <laughs> sometimes you're you Part slip. Part of you life. You know, it gets slippery on the lanes, yeah. and uh, shit happens. It's Shit nice, happens. though, because, like, the way a bowling alley is with the low ceiling in front of you over the lane and, like, nobody's down that way, you can just go, Fuck! Yep. Kind of, like, away from where everyone's sitting. <laughs> they kind of still hear you, but it's just, like, I don't know. It's low-key, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, in bowling, your main competitor is yourself. Yeah, that's what they say. Uh, So, Newport, Rhode Island had a folk festival over the weekend, I guess, and it featured a small stage that was powered... By festival goers on stationary bicycles. Oh boy. Puffin' <laughs> puffin'. I was just thinking, man, like. For the light crew. We've had some scorching days. Fuck that. Imagine paying to enter this festival and enjoy yourself. And then you're like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna power the stage. I'm gonna go to work for these people without pay. Oh, excuse me. They, uh, they got a free can of iced tea. And front row views of the performance by sitting on these things. And there was someone that was spraying them with a water bottle every once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, bike stage. That's what they called it. It was the brainchild of a band. Mm. An environmentally conscious indie rock duo from Virginia. (laughs) Neato. (laughs) If clothing was optional on the bike, I'd think about it. Oh, I doubt it was. Are you kidding me? Kind of. No, no. <laughs> these people, these people are sick. Okay, they. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta these save the environment, but uh, wearing clothes, you know, like the money that you pay for the clothes can go to fund the environment because money fixes everything. Remember, so you can't be naked. She wasn't wearing anything. Oh man, that's illegal. Mm. Um. But yeah, so it was the first time that this stage had been tried at a festival, and I guess it worked. Uh, of course, it was mostly acoustic performances going on on the stage. So, like, how much power do you need? It also was equipped with solar panels. So, I don't know. Uh, the bicycles, allegedly, you pedal them, and then the electricity is fed through these wires to an electrical box on the stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then what are the solar panels doing? Also I mean, providing do you, power? you need to pump the power from the solar panels? I don't know. It's just Probably so it all silly. went to some kind of massive battery that everything's hooked up to or something. I don't know. Yeah. Or it could be bullshit. I don't know. <laughs> Beats me. That's <laughs> could be for either sure. one. I thought it was pretty silly, though. Yeah. If they uh, did it for real, though, you could do it. You know? You yeah. A little dynamo in the bike. This little duo, they said they've um, used the stage at, like, small clubs before, but never outside at a festival, so. But hey. Ingenuity, trying yeah. something new, yeah? Pump those legs right into the stage, <laughs> power slaves. Boy, if we've learned anything, it's that uh, sheep will just line up and do shit if you tell them to. That's all it takes. You just got to tell people to do shit, and they will. Crazy. Yeah, but it's good for the earth. 
Yeah. <laughs> Think of the bright side. You're like three feet away from the stage. Got mm. a great view. Plus, it's good for the art. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, this was a great one. A chess-playing robot broke a child's finger at an event in Moscow this uh, week. That is against the rules. Hello. Yeah. I would be pretty pissed. Yeah. So uh, did he have to forfeit? The computer <laughs> have to forfeit? Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they didn't say that. <laughs> no one cared about the, oh, the what match. The f- you know, but, I need answers, you know, man. What, well, the kid... <laughs> The kid did play the next day and finish the tournament with his finger in a cast. That's all I know, though. Uh, and I also know that this robot has been at a bunch of previous chess events without incident. Just um, something about this kid, huh? I guess so, because according to the story, the boy was uh, going to move his piece. The robot took a boy's piece, and then, as the boy was attempting to make a move... Just grabbed his fingers. And, you know, it took four adults to free this kid's finger from the robot. Hey, yeah. It's unacceptable behavior, man. Oh, I know. I would have taken the robot out. If a human player broke a kid's finger, there would be ejection, complete ejection from the tournament. Sorry. Yeah, and, you know, I also don't think it would be an international story, though, if it was a human that did it. Get it to come back and play the game out? What? Like, they let the... No, That's, yeah, I don't think, I bet they didn't. I bet the kid just, you know, auto won the match, and that's why he came back the next day to keep playing. I should have certainly hoped so. Yeah. Tough to play chess with broken fingers. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. Oh, I just, I thought you'd enjoy that fucking one. Fucking robots, man. What? Such dicks. Why? Like, Get why? away with fucking everything. This is, it's lame to just be like, we have a robot here, it's... Isn't it amazing? This robot can play chess. Yeah, dur, dur, dur. Oh the robot's God. been playing chess for a long time. I showed you that latest Boston Dynamics where they're like oh, fucking with the yes. robot, but it's armed it's and shooting, shooting things. And they're like jumping in front of and out of the way of the gun and shit. Yeah, it doesn't shoot them, but it'll shoot other things. And then they had, and then the creepiest part of the I whole hate thing that. is they had two people with like hoods over their heads at the end. Dummies. Two dummies with hoods over their heads. Looking like they were prisoners of war in the Middle East or something. And the thing shot it. And yeah, I was like, wait a minute. That guy with they the... look like hostages. What's going on here? I don't it understand. It was very spooky. I did not enjoy that video. I don't enjoy anything that they come out with, honestly. It's all the stupid so dogs, fucking dystopian, dude. The Metal Gear shit. No. No, I don't fuck around with that stuff. And I know that... Uh, there's a lot of college campuses across the country that have started putting those robots in as like security or whatever. So uh, it grosses me out. I'm not into it. If I saw one of those things, it's going down. <laughs> I don't fuck around with those robots. Uh, well, we had a sword story earlier and I got another one for you. Because a man in Hawaii at a 7-Eleven had his hand severed by a sword. Oh my God. Yeah. Emergency. Need that hand, man. Yeah, it was his left hand too. No, I knew it would really hurt you. <laughs> Emergency responders were called just after midnight Friday, and I gotta say, it's a bad time to be at a convenience store. <laughs> uh, yes, they found the man with multiple lacerations, puncture wounds, and of course, half of his left hand missing. Uh, and no one was working there when they arrived. Uh, so the only person who 
allegedly witnessed the crime was a tourist from Switzerland who said that um, the man working at the 7-Eleven was wielding the sword. And uh, that he'd been talking to him for a few days, going to that 7-Eleven, in and out and whatever. And uh, he doesn't really know what was up between these two, but the cops did not confirm that the 46-year-old they arrested was an employee. Mm. So, ugh. People are getting uh, swordy lately. Oh, thank mm. God, dude. I just found that that, uh, that was a deep fake. Oh, good. That's good. I knew that had to be bullshit. It's so cringe when you see those dudes. Nah, that's all CG. Pretty nice. good CG. That is good CG. Yeah, that's the best part about being in the bowl. You get faked out, you get scared, you get all the emotions, and then we're going to just pat you down and say, don't worry. Oh, it's it's just okay, fake. man. It's all right. It's not real yet. End of the world isn't here <laughs> this, quite yet. This video was released get, <laughs> accidentally. Older. You got to get a little older first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You weren't this, supposed to see that, Slave. This it's tech, just... Uh, it's five years in the future. It's fact check false. According yeah. to Reuters, who I trust with my life. You remember those billions of dollars that Biden is uh, setting aside in the Safer America thing to hire law enforcement? They're actually all robots. But don't worry, don't worry. Sorry, right. <laughs> it's not people we're hiring. The magic robot shutdown uh, chemical compound is in my goo, so mm. we're good to go. That's good. Yeah, good to know. <laughs> uh, there's a Japanese city that's searching for wild monkeys after nearly 40 people have been attacked by monkeys. Oh my god! I know. And yet, no mention of the monkeypox in this story. No. No, just these. The Japanese macaques, or you know, the snow monkeys, mm-hmm. just coming out in droves, attacking people inside their apartments and shit. Just smacking There's, motherfuckers? Or no, they they're biting them. them. Ooh. Yeah, uh, there were 38 people reported last week, and then over the weekend, allegedly, there was eight more. Um, but the numbers are different depending on the news sites you go to. So I've seen 38, and I've seen 42. Who knows? Um, but Sunday morning... A teenage girl had her leg bit while she was in her room because the monkey broke the screen window, came in, bit her, left, then came back in and bit her mom. I would be afraid of rabies, you know. Yeah. Why are they just attacking for no reason? Or there's some serious spiritual implications going on here. I mean, I've seen Miyazaki movies. I know how the wilderness works over there, you know. Yeah, um, you shouldn't upset the monkeys, man. And there was a lady outside walking in the rain with her umbrella, and a monkey bit her in the leg from behind. So she swung her umbrella at it, and it ran away. Didn't come back. Um, but yeah, one broke into a kindergarten classroom. So I mean, this is this is no good. Not at all. No, uh, this is some Planet of the Apes shit going on. <laughs> they've gone too far. But then they say uh, they've tried setting up traps, and that's not working. And is no, it a single? What the fuck is traps, dude? You shoot the monkeys. If they're biting people, you shoot the monkeys. Yeah, well, they're hunting them with a tranquilizer now, but they haven't had luck finding it. And then they're like, is it one rogue monkey or is it a bunch? They don't even know that. They don't know what's going on. Everyone's clueless. People are just getting bit by monkeys. It's so sad. <laughs> Come on. Somebody got to cap it. I know. That's why this is good. That's why monkeys can never take over here. Yeah. America. Yeah, they'd fuck around and they would find out. <laughs> the monkey is not going to be attacking. You're <laughs> <laughs> in the heartland anyway. No, 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 no. Not 40 fucking people. You he might get not. You might get three or four in the city. Well, they don't have guns in Japan, do they? No. Mm. 
should have called Sword Boy from the store yeah, earlier. Yeah, they needed the sword. Come on. Come on. Oh, well. Yeah, my final story for the lanes is that there's an albino alligator that hatched at a Florida reptile park. And this oh, is really? the third year in a row they've had an albino alligator hatch. Very cool. Yeah, there's still eight more eggs in the nest that it hatched from. Um, but both of its parents are albino. So they're trying to keep that albino oh, string going. they're going to al- full yeah. albino down there in Florida. Wild Florida, that's the name of the place. And they claim to be the only location in the world to successfully breed albino gators. So if you're in the market for an albino gator, you know where to go. You go on down to your friends at Wild Florida. Hell yeah. They got the albino gators. <laughs> they got the fuck out of them, man. Oh, those lades, they got me too tonight. Tell you what. Tell you what? Tell you what? Well, we made it through another one. Thank you, bowlers, for everything. Time Talent Treasure, hanging out, being y'all, chatting, boosting, all that good stuff. We will be at it again next Tuesday, and we'll see you then. Until then, I'll be Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'll be Dame DeLorean. May your bowls burn ever brighter. Bowl after bowl duct. Wow. I am really high. I've never done a blunt. I do one. In the bowl. In the bowl. I should probably try it. Yes! Yes! Bowlafterbowl.com 